0: To see for yourselves, one of the most amazing events. When is this great experiment for made?
1: Impervious to heat, impossible to move. Is it human or inhuman? Yes. Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found?
2: It's time for the Geeky Drummy Podcast. Bye.
3: Hello and welcome to the Geeky Brewing Podcast Game of Thrones special. Joining me today, Mr. Guy Havard.
4: Ryan, uh,
3: Miss Laura Sumner. Sorry, that's, Ryan. that's
4: Doctor to you, Ryan. Oh, <laughs> doctor
0: Laura
1: Sumner.
3: And Sam. Sam's back. Remember Sam from our Game of Thrones special? What about three years ago? Yeah, something like that. I think it was, yeah. he was on the show a few weeks ago. Um, you know, it was- um, and, and, uh, <laughs> it's been a long while. <laughs> Guy, what have you been up to this week?
2: Uh, I got annoyed. what a surprise. Right, so we had some, like, guy to come and paint in this house that we're in, and he came to paint in the bathroom, and I had the day off work, and I kindly offered him a coffee, or a coffee or tea, and he said, yeah, that's fine, thanks. I gave it him. He drank the coffee or tea, and I had to go out the house for a bit during the day, and, um, obviously, because I live in a rented, rented accommodation, um, we, we could leave someone in the house with the keys and I'll take them back to the agency once they've done the work, because obviously we work, nine to five, <laughs> so we're not always here when they're around. Got home, tied the bathroom up a little bit, little bit messy, left a mess behind, couldn't find a mug. <coughs> Stole my Richer Sounds mug that I got given to me for the Discory two years ago on Record Store Day. Who steals a mug? Especially a richer sounds mug. Did you feel like a mug afterwards? I I felt robbed, right? (laughs) There's a happy ending
4: there, isn't there?
2: Yeah, I felt gutted. Like, why? I don't understand the man's mindset. Like, you know, oh, that's a really good cup of tea. Like, let's, let's maybe, maybe you're have thinking this mug.
3: This cup of tea is so great; it must be the mug that is the only changing option in. It must be the right size mug for a great cup of tea. It maybe his excited. thirst was just adequately quenched by the mug, <laughs> and he thought, "Oh, this is a good mug for the future."
1: It's such a great mug of tea that he needed something to commemorate it. In. <laughs> <laughs> Remember it by years down the line.
2: I mean, I'm not going to lie. My colleagues at work wouldn't say that about me, but it's, uh, I just, I just don't get it. I mean, like the Richer Sounds mug. It's, it's a plain white mug with red text saying Richard Sounds specialist in hi-fi and audio equipment. Like why, why on earth
3: that mug? Maybe, I mean, maybe after himself? new hi-fi, and you didn't want to write the number down, so he thought he'd take the mug as a <laughs> reminder. Look, it's not—it's not about why I cared about it so much, Laura. It's about the memories of it, really. It's—you
2: know—it—it it's, was given to me by friends at a record shop, so I appreciate the fact their generosity of giving me the mug. But it's just the principle behind it, really, that offends me—is the fact that I mean, he I've took that mug. I've seen guys'
3: mu- Instagram stories of him holding the mug over the last. Two yeah, years. you know, I've got this
2: Instagram mug set up to kind of—you know—Guy Richard Sound's mug at Instagram. You know, just. Uh, no, yeah. But there is a happy end to the story yeah, though, you're alright. Yeah. I, I went to the discery re- and I told them about this theft. <laughs> and the kind chaps at the discerey offered me a replacement Richard because they did they were given about twenty on the day, so they've <laughs> they've got hundreds of Richard mugs out the back. So they kindly have replaced it. But you know, we have tied this house since the since the builder the builder's been in. That mug is nowhere
3: to be found. <laughs> did you, you, maybe you dropped the mug and like Took away the evidence. Because
4: you looked through the bin, didn't
3: you? Yeah, I did look through the bin. Did you? Maybe it. We put it in the back of his van just in case. No. I shall remove all evidence that I broke the mug. It's
4: one of the great mysteries of
2: the world. Maybe, you know? maybe he wasn't getting paid enough for the job, so he was like, I'm going to take some compensation. You know could have taken my TV, some of my <laughs> <laughs> records, you know, like, plenty more stuff in this house
3: today, but no, I'll take, I'll take the mug. Mm. When you handed him the cup, did you say, this is for you, whilst pointing at the mug? <laughs> <laughs> I left it, I know, I took it upstairs
2: for him and left him. Up, left it upstairs. But did you say, this is for you, i pointed to the mug? <laughs> you might have thought that meant, oh, take the mug away with you. <laughs> I did, it's a, in a, in a, in a, I guess the end of it is it's just unacceptable
3: acceptable behaviour, really. It's just it's just not on. Got mugged off. I did. Yeah. Laura, what have you been up to this week?
4: Um trying to control children at school. Um <laughs> And at home. Yes, and <laughs> at home.
3: But you did take a little floof down to London for the day.
4: Oh yeah, we love that.
3: Maxi just, underscore the Maxi underscore the
4: underscore. The cock- underscore couldn't you get Maxi the Cockapoo? No, that was taken. I think someone, someone else. No way. Yeah, Maxi is a popular name for a it Looks like. I'm... Yeah, we loved it. Loved it on the train. Loved walking around London. Got a bit of fuss. There we go. Good day all round.
3: Is it Maximilian or Maximus?
4: Maximus.
3: I get annoyed
2: when like you, you've got the right Twitter name. And someone else has got it for you. So I was, I've just launched a Twitter for Curiosity Crate, my show, but I couldn't get at Curiosity Crate. I had to go about Curiosity Crate underscore because somebody else took the name for me, and they've posted nothing since twenty fifteen. <laughs> it's know, like well, that's can, not like, fair.
3: You know, you can write to Twitter, and they'll like. Sometimes they will give you that account if you can prove there's no activity on it.
2: Well, I mean, there's not been much activity on mine so far, so we've <laughs> got a case at the moment. But it's just irritating. Like, why would like Maxi the Cockapoo? Why has somebody taken that?
3: Because they're probably in a cockapoo club,
4: Maxi. <laughs> yeah, <don't> probably.
2: <laughs> but you need to look into it and see if they're active. No, I
4: like mine. No. What if it's
2: a dead dog and the account's not needed anymore?
4: Mm, that's nasty. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like,
2: that account won't be needed anymore. Maybe. So you could take it with your very much alive dog. They might be using it to paste memories of their dog. <laughs> you yeah. the only think they're holding to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's creepy if you're doing that, <laughs> Yeah. playing
3: Bright Eyes by Simon and (laughs) Garfunkel in my (laughs) post-picture. Anyway, Sam, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been getting the
1: ladies. No, I've been on holiday. (laughs) 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 Uh, It was my 30th birthday on Wednesday, so I had a few days in New York. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, 30. So that was lovely. Um,
2: What did you do on holiday? Yeah. (laughs) Well, Apart from get with all the ladies no. Did you
3: eat lots of paella? Did you uh, I, just chill? I, <laughs> I did eat lots of paella
1: Not as much paella as I wanted to Because uh, one of the problems of going on holiday on your own And especially in Spain Is all the restaurants only sell paella for a minimum of two people Aww. And I was never quite that hungry <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, I did eventually find a place that was would let me have a Single paella serve paella, paella. Yeah <laughs> I um, think
3: they just normally didn't, and they were just like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll break the rules for this guy. I, maybe. <laughs> i just felt sorry for me.
2: Did anything funny happen to you, or could happen to you, being a solo passenger?
1: Um, not massively. Uh, one thing that I did find quite funny is, so um, I did Spanish up to A level at school, so I speak relatively... <laughs> <laughs> well, in Spanish, but not like. Donde
3: esta and um,
1: biblioteca. <laughs> <laughs>
2: not like yeah. me, though, when I went to France, I just showered Anglais in people's faces and <laughs>
1: expected them to panda to me. No, not quite. but um uh, So I, I do try to speak the language whenever I go on holiday, and obviously in Spain, knowing a bit more Spanish than I do any other language. I, uh, make more of an effort but all the waiters because obviously I was in a very touristy place were just taking one look at me and talking back to me in English <laughs> um, the, 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 face the, of an Englishman where it felt particularly ridiculous though was uh, where I went to uh, went for dinner on my actual birthday um, there was I think a German couple on one side of me uh, another German couple on the other side and it, it sounded like a Scandinavian group on a table a bit further down. Um, so I was trying to speak in Spanish to the waiters. They were just talking English to me. <laughs> but the, um, but the, the waiters clearly didn't speak any German or Norwegian or whatever it was, and the, the other people didn't speak Spanish. So they were all talking in English to each other. <laughs> so I was the only English person there and the only person trying not to speak English.
3: Uh, would, so you are in good a goodness. kind of German sandwich, were you? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> when I when I went on
2: holiday to Paris I got um there was a group of American tourists being quite loud and rude about me uh with, with with my ex and um I just turned around and went, Yeah, I'm not French and they were like, Oh, like, yeah. And Emily just said about me. So they were just what like, they I can't remember now, but it's because I've got long hair. I think they were just sorting my hair, and it's like, well, we, you know. I mean, not, you, it, it you not, don't look
4: French, guy. I mean, that's just. I, 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 t- I was wearing a stripy top, clearly. I was I forget, i
3: on a circle. Smoking a galois.
2: What is to all the ladies in Spanish, Sam? why didn't you say it? What? What is to all the ladies? Yeah, to all the ladies. Uh, With a Z on I, the end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I told us so that's why, ah. did, why didn't you say it? Because I don't say that in English. <laughs> exactly. What about? What about? Come and get
2: some. Uh,
1: I would need to think about that because that's probably <laughs> slightly complicated in <otherwise>, ways. But um <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the act of come and get some or the same come and get some? <laughs> I, I think technically get some would possibly be. Um, in that awkward sense that I can't think of the name of, but we don't really use in English. Um,
3: yeah, I, yeah. I can just imagine <laughs> you walking around Spain trying to sound like Antonio Banderas, like, <laughs> <terms of> Zorro. <laughs> Voila. <laughs> <Finis>. <laughs> Do you
2: remember that little Zorro
3: mouse thing?
2: Yeah. Uh, kids, what was that called?
3: You mean El Nombre, the Mexican mouse yeah. who came Oh, yeah. that was so great, <laughs> El Nombre. <laughs> and little Juan. When used to wheel in the
4: video. Yeah,
3: and you also had Little Juan, who was the third kid.
4: Yeah. He wasn't a mouse. He yeah. was like a, no, El Nombre was a mouse. He was a mouse. Yeah. Wasn't
2: that? It was like a, it Was like on that show though with that like that woman who flew a plane. That dog that's now dead. Was it? Come <laughs> on, stop! Yeah. What's it yeah. got to do with Zorro? Yeah, it was. It was on that. It was like a thing on that, wasn't it? it was no, like a, no, well, no. El Nombre well, was on like this
4: educational program, and it had other things. Well, I can't remember. And he was
3: part. also Mexican, not Spanish. All right, the racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: he's more like a.
3: Gerbily chip. Yeah, button. like a yeah. gerbil, yeah. Yes. It was an anthropomorphic little... <laughs> <derby> <laughs> thing.
4: Mexican, it's all mapped.
3: He was a gerbil, apparently.
4: Oh, there you go. What,
2: well, have been doing them Ryan like parish? Packing. <laughs> like Sam? <laughs> <that.
3: laughs> <laughs> Lots of packing. So the, the saga of the house move continues. So I was disassembling furniture this weekend. Which is it always the best use for a bank holiday weekend.
2: You normally injure
3: yourself when you're, you're doing
2: some form of activity. Like, you would like, fall off the bed, jump out of a window, stub your toe, you know, some kind of Go injury. Go to a hospital
3: because of a spider. Oh, no! <laughs> <that's> not-
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was perfectly fine this time. Really? Just, yes. That has surprised me because, like, normally there is an injury. that Then you'll blame on Viv. You know, that it was her fault, even though she wouldn't have been involved whatsoever. Yeah. No,
3: it was just reverse assembling Ikea furniture, which is always fun when you don't have instructions.
4: Oh my gosh, I'll just chuck it all. Just <laughs> literally chuck out the wardrobe and start again.
2: Yeah, I, that's horrible, because when, when we moved in here, I disassembled my vinyl rack, and then, like, putting it back together uh, again.
4: No, your dad yeah, disassembled but,
2: your yeah. vinyl <laughs> No, I disassembled the rack, and then my dad and Kirk put it back together for me.
3: <laughs> you are pretty useless when it comes to housey stuff like yeah, you. Oh, yeah, i
2: Yeah, no, I've got no idea. They just don't teach you this in school, though, do they? So they're like, oh, this is how you're going <laughs> to assemble this, or this is how to undo something. Like, I had to uh, Google how to change a plug once, like, <laughs> you know, a fuse on a plug. So, like, because you don't know... I did that, that sure in school. Do, do, do that in school, yeah. yeah. I did that in school. <laughs> well, it sounds like in school they're teaching Harry Potter and not not life skills, to be honest with you. This, this needs to be something that needs to happen, like... To be fair, I did mess around in woodwork class though. So yeah, yeah, who didn't?
4: Yeah,
3: I think they should teach basic life skills like financial advice and stuff no, like that no, in schools. But are you distracted by Scooby doo Two Monsters Unleashed in the background, guys? A little bit, yeah. A little <laughs> like I the, the, the a greatest movie. of the Scooby Doo movies. That <laughs> um, no, looks great.
2: I mean, like obviously they got they got Shaggy pretty right with this. Like, Sarah so yeah. I love Sarah Gallagher, but she ain't Daphne.
3: Yeah.
4: Also, what what's happened to Freddie Prince Jr.? What's he doing now?
3: Uh, living off Sarah <laughs> Michelle Geller's alimony. Buffy
2: minute. It's a sad state of affairs. Linda Cardellini Valmer is probably the most successful person out of this film now. We've <laughs> got? Is
3: it Alicia Silverstone playing the reporter? She's not
4: doing anything now
3: either. Um, You'll probably be in some TV show on HBO at some point over the next couple of decades.
4: Probably. Yeah.
2: This is just. Uh, I don't think I've seen this one, but I've definitely saw <laughs> the first one in the cinema.
3: This is the one with Scrappy-Doo in it, isn't it? Oh, no, Scrappy God. No, Scrappy's is is the first one. He's the villain. Yeah,
4: Scrappy-Doo is horrendous. <laughs> yeah.
3: There's nothing more annoying than Scrappy. I mean, Doo.
4: every mm. other kind of cartoon puppy is really cute, apart from Scrappy-Doo, who's really irritating.
3: I know
2: yeah. the bad guy is in the sequel, though. It's Alicia Silverstone. Oh, well, that's... <spoilers>.
3: I thought it was the dad from Everybody Loves Raymond who Oh to
4: yeah, I saw him a minute <laughs> Wait, it's okay,
2: Brian, because we can reveal the spoilers on this, because it's like, it's definitely past more than nine days <laughs> <laughs> and it's been out for like near enough 15 years, so I feel like spoiler warning, you know, if you need to have a watch this, don't come crying to us,
3: because, you know you've, you've had if, your a week. If you If you read something with spoiler alert and then says Big Bang Theory <laughs> and then carry on reading it and then complain that you read it Yeah, funny that Yeah <laughs> I <laughs> wonder what that could be a reference
2: to. <laughs> we, just, we just lost four listeners from the show. <laughs> oh, do you, do I, why? Why? Just the, the internet doesn't wait for you. Like, if you it's, ever watch it nine days after it's aired, you've put yourself at risk. Like, Laura's sister has It's a
3: 25-minute show. That's what annoyed me. It wasn't like a super long extended final special episode it was a standard Just one
4: episode. Uh,
2: Laura's sister hasn't watched any of the final series of Game of Thrones yet it's like well she's put herself at risk for spoilers <laughs> yeah, so yeah but she... she's not
4: going to complain I don't feel like I she th- knows that if she gets a spoiler yeah itself, I
3: feel but... like this is the liability you take it's you up on your head after mm-hmm. a week well hashtag Bramara Dave Massey has watched all of Big Bang Theory because it's on Netflix at the minute the final season's not being put on that's on all four in the UK and he's like stropping oh. about it. That no, he's not seen the final. I season. mean, he, he could just like pay for a TV license and watch it. Bless <laughs> you, Dave. Could just watch <laughs> all four, which isn't a TV license. It's only the BBC stuff that you a TV <laughs> license. As well. I mean, Dave,
2: you're a blagger, man. Come on, just blag some access to uh, to the episodes.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't think it was actually that great of a finale, to be honest.
2: I mean, you're, you are—you and Viv are the only people in this room who yeah, probably watched zero, watch it. I, I like watched the first series and then decided that it was it, funny. It just so seems briefly. to see it,
3: the downfall since the first series because the first series was actually jokes about nerds making jokes with each other, and then from the second series onwards, it was like, ah, look, these geeks are funny. Ah, look how nerdy and stupid they are, and that's been it. for the Rest of the show.
2: <laughs> I mean, nothing like this yes. show is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lost touch with Big Bang Theory ages ago, unfortunately. I, Even Sam doesn't like it. Doesn't <laughs> <I used to laughs> like <laughs> it. I just <laughs> haven't, yeah, missed a bunch of episodes and never got around to catching up.
2: On the f- on the subject of Sam liking everything, because obviously well, he's been on a few times and we said he likes it. <laughs> we went to see Tolkien with Sam. Wasn't that key? The response <laughs> was, it was alright." Like, like that was. I mean, like, like me and Laura like literally fell to ground. Like, what? <laughs> Is that like a
3: Rotten Tomato zero? Thing? Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> what happened? It was fine. It wasn't bad. It looked like yeah. it was going to be the dullest film ever. You I got Nicholas it. Holt in jumpers saying, "I've written some books." I mean, <laughs> the, the he, dad, he didn't write the books. <laughs> he didn't write the books. He was like, oh, in the First World War. It's
1: war. Oh. The, the thing that bugged me the most was uh, the amount of times that they came close to calling their friendship group a fellowship. And then diverted away from it and said something else at the last minute. <laughs> it until right th- at the th- end. Friendship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until the very end when they suddenly decide they're, a, they're like a fellowship. <laughs> and it's no.
3: supposed to be like this big moment.
1: And it's just not...
3: I, this is the thing that gets me with biopics at the minute, it just seems to me there's a they're trying to make biopic movies a thing again, a new genre yeah. in cinema, so you've had that, you've had the um, Elton John Rocketman movie, you've had the beh- <laughs> Bohemia Rhapsody, so it's kind of like they're trying to bring biopics back. Yeah, especially really for people cares.
4: who aren't even yeah. dead, it seems weird. <laughs> You know I've what I mean? Like, like the Elton John one, obviously was heavily involved in it. It's like, I don't need a biopic of Elton John he really.
2: literally can tell like Elton had to grab that script and be like, <coughs> I'm in control here. Elton <laughs> is in control of everything.
3: But no, no, get that rid of that bit. No, <laughs> that can stay in when it needs to change slightly. Mm. No.
2: Yeah, it was, it was, it was not so great. For, Taron Egerton, brilliant. Like the raps, the performance, great. Yeah. Film, average. Good old Rick. I thought it was record. Okay. You're sorry? Good old Reginald Dwight. Yeah, Reggie Dwight. I don't know why he didn't stick with that name, really. Because it's terrible. I don't think it, Reg <laughs> Dwight, in lights above the Dodger Stadium, would have looked very good. I think it would have, to be honest. It's a classic,
4: like, 50s name, isn't it? It <laughs> sounds boring.
2: The weirdest thing about that film was the fact... No, I didn't clock it, was it? first. So it's Bryce Dallas Howard, isn't it? Yeah. She like, just, once again, like, just
1: cropping up out of the blue in a weird role.
4: Yeah. She was good in it, actually.
1: What did you think of the film, sir? Uh, I haven't actually seen it yet, because oh. it came out while I was on holiday, but um I guess you might like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I would I, I, if I'm you looking go forward to it. I right? watch the Spanish dub version. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hola, si, <c'est un> hombre! <laughs> right. <laughs> Slightly behind, but I did watch Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time the other day at an open-air screening at um, Warwick Racecourse. Oh. Uh, which actually worked really well for it, because hmm. all the big sort of stadium scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, having that big sort of open space and seeing it at night. And
2: you felt like you were actually at Live Aid? <laughs> not quite. In 1985? <laughs> not,
1: not quite, but it was close to It was your money. It was close to the newspapers like you, that than than you than it. thought it was Bob Geldof next <laughs> to <do> him. <something. laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was a fun night. Um, but yeah, I do get what people were saying, Ryan performance was better than the film itself. Yeah, it was not a good film.
3: So you were packing them, Ryan? Yes. We're <laughs> <not> going to <laughs> on a the tangent. There. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much nearly done there, but it was just all the all the boring stuff that happens when you're packing. Which is just boxing stuff, up. playing Tetris with the car, which is always fun. Do you mean? Oh, uh, okay. Like, yeah, you know, getting boxes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always it's always like that. The Tetris yeah. experience comes in very handy when you're looking it's at definitely. how to put an L-shaped piece of furniture in against a block.
4: Oh, because well, we had to take the door off to get the sofa in.
2: Yeah, because some of us didn't um, measure, want to measure the sofa. It's the part of someone's why oh, suggestion. Someone else wants to
4: get a very small sofa.
2: <laughs> Maybe I just wanted to sit
4: closer to you. No yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a
3: two-person sofa?
4: <laughs> you need at least a four-person it's
3: sofa. It's a two-person sofa for you and Maxie. <laughs> <laughs> I have found Games of Thrones weird news for us for this week, as it's supposed to be a Game of Thrones show. Um, this is from techtimes.com. Who's the author? Uh, Naya Carlos.
2: Okay. Um, uh, I think N-A-I-A Keith would... Carlos. I think not keep with his issues, but that's fair. Yes.
3: Title, Love the Dragons in Game of Thrones. They're based on... That the sound they're making is based on mating calls of giant tortoises. No! <laughs> 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 no! I've
4: seen mating tortoises on David Attenborough. They do make a weird noise.
3: Yeah. T- television's most famous dragons, Drogon, Rhaegal and Viserion, are set to return to the silver screen in a few days. This was before the fire was yeah. aired. Now fans of the fire-breathing trio might want to keep their ear up for their bone-shattering rules. <laughs>
2: I mean, (laughs) I don't feel like my bones got shattered by the rules, if I'm honest
0: with
3: you. Hmm. Giant tortoises are far from the first creature that comes to mind when Daenerys Targaryen's dragon children appear on HBO's Game of Thrones, much less giant tortoises having sex. These animals make extremely distinct sounds during mating, and anyone who wants to hear it can simply tune into HBO. The mating wow. sounds of the giant tortoises are the, actually one of the most biggest influences on the noise the
4: dragons make in the show, according to the show's sound designer, Paula Fairfield. I mean, how did he discover that? So,
2: like, did some guy just, like, see two giant turtles screw in? Tortoises.
4: Tortoises.
2: And was like, oh, yeah, that's, like, a real good sound. That, that orgasm sound is, like, perfect for, like, a dragon sound. A ferocious
4: dragon.
3: <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's what they call it, a ferocious dragon. <laughs> During an interview on Radio Lab's Big Little Questions podcast in 2017, Fairfield revealed that Drogon's purring in the proximity of Daenerys oh. is inspired by the groans that the male giant tortoises emit in the process of meeting.
2: Yeah, that's just made that <laughs> big, extremely more creepy. And Drogon's
3: like... The groan of the male actually became, with some work and adjustments, the source for Drogon's purr. With Daenerys Fairfield saying the podcast.
4: I mean, I don't remember him purring, to be honest with you.
3: The funny thing about the purr with Drogon is, was watching people watching the show and giggling when they heard it, not knowing why. To me, it had that essence, that kind of sensual, <laughs> that kind of sensual sexual essence, oh. that sexy tortoise essence, <laughs> <Ew>. muscular tortoise. <laughs> There are also slight variations in the different dragon sounds which Game of Thrones team based on the creature's distinct personalities. I uh, have sounds I might choose based on certain personality types I want to push forward. So, in the case of Drogon, she named the dragon that after Cal Drygoat, her hot late husband.
4: Yeah, very hot.
3: So, Drogon is like her lover.
4: I'm a bit mad. <laughs>
3: That's why dragon makes softer, more dulcet sounds. Oh, Christ, man. Unlike the other two dragons, Daenerys' favourite whistles at her const- constantly.
2: Oh, he's, asleep act, he? he's, he's, <laughs> he's a sleep bag, then not he? We've been out as a sleep. He should have been called Jorah
3: the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Every season has shown more and more complex scenes for the dragons, of the show's final season is expected to take those hot-toe scenes to another level higher. Film score Rejects notes that Game of Thrones Season 8 will com- feature two dragons... On, oh, yeah. And now an advert's loaded and ruined where I was in the article. What's, <laughs> What's the advert for? Um, for a complimentary forty-page art investment guide with Banksy picture.
4: <laughs> exactly what I was for. You can get that for free.
2: No. It was a complimentary. Yeah, the
3: guide, not the Banksy.
2: Yeah, so you get the guide for free. Get yeah. the guide for free. From
4: why do we want that for? Because well, it's
2: free. Like, don't don't turn down a freebie. Mm-hmm.
3: Film school rejects notes that Game of Dragons, Game of Game friends, Dragons, Game of Dragons season eight will feature two dragons joining against each other in the sky for the first time. After all, Viserion is now part of the Night, Night oh King's God, undead army, spoiler, and he will likely it? rise up against his brothers within the next eight episodes.
4: Was that before episode one? Yep. God, what a spoiler! I mean, it was a spoiler that
2: that was everybody knew that was the end of series seven. So this was no. The it said vote.
4: two dragons fighting in the sky. I think they've... That's that's the well yeah that
3: would make sense Laura they fly in the yeah, sky yeah, published saying. on April the tenth two thousand and nineteen and they also got the number of episodes wrong as well cause <laughs> of yet, I, think, so. I, I think the producers
2: got the number of episodes wrong as
3: well so oh, yeah. <laughs> but that was your weird news story about Game of Thrones
2: what was the one you showed me in the week you showed me one in the week I wouldn't find
3: it I'll I'll have to find it did I just send it to you individually I
2: think you you showed it to me whilst we were we we were in the Public house having a beer.
4: Did you see the Game of Thrones um, set up in Ikea and it was like a bog and they put all toilet brushes around it to look like the Iron Throne? Amazing. I thought it was great.
3: <laughs> I did see that, that was quite impressive.
2: I
4: feel like if you spend that much time in the toilet,
2: then
3: yeah, you should have you a go not, yeah. Was that the video of the man and his process of going to the toilet?
0: What? what? <laughs> <laughs>
3: that, that video I showed you where the Bully and the Beast podcast. Where a man learns he's been pooping wrong. Oh,
2: that was horrid, yeah. How can you poo wrong? Um, uh, he he was holding a piece of paper underneath his ass and the the, oh! the the dollops oh! drop onto
3: it. <laughs> he was catching, basically, like like using toilet paper as a catcher's mitt. Oh!
4: oh and now just go well, straight what? to the toilet.
3: So this is, yeah, so
1: Jesus instead Christ. of going to the toilet... Yeah, what did he think the toilet was for? Oh, well, he said, <laughs> he do just
3: you start? just let it splash to his co-presenter? It's like, yeah. <laughs> that's what everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> you don't just catch it and then release. He said I oh. thought that's why you had to wash your hands after.
4: Oh, <laughs> God.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm not going to play that video. But <laughs> Yeah, Beast. let's not. It's Bully and the Beast online. Just search for that. The I plan. can't find the story you're talking about. There's the, the, the hot chocolate with melted cheese in it.
2: Oh. Uh, no, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, uh, it was—it was about a certain princess. Oh, it? oh yes, he knows. Yes, I am it now. now. Yeah. Give, me time. Give me five. Give <laughs> me <minutes. laughs> five Phil. minutes. Five minutes. Phil. Phil. Five minutes. Phil. So, on holiday, Sam.
4: Oh my god!
2: Like, how many girls, on average a day, do you see that you liked? <laughs>
1: Uh, I wasn't really counting. Um, Just walk around, SHOES FOOT! shoe FOOT! shoe FOOT! Just I walk round, point at them and go...
3: FOUR! FIVE! <laughs> <laughs> <tell laughs> <you. laughs> at a ten, I'll give it one. <laughs> <laughs> You're the typical briton on tour. You? Like he's lads, on, yeah. lads, lads,
2: lads holiday, but on his own, like <laughs> Dude, lads, lads on
3: lads holiday. Did you take your top off and just walk around in your shorts with your shirt t-shirt tucked into the side?
4: <laughs> oh, gross! Nah. And get really badly sunburned. Yes. Oh god, I've yeah. seen
2: a
3: few people do that already. You don't look lobster red, so I'm impressed. I, I was only there for a, a, a few blowing. days, but I got a bit of a 10, which is hope nice Right, I found a new story. Okay. So this is from Devon Live. <laughs> Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Neil Shaw. Neil Shaw. Neil Shaw wrote it, yes.
2: Okay, it's, it, I can't dispute the name, it sounds genuine. It's actually like <laughs>
3: almost crashing my phone because of might weight of adverts on this page.
2: Wait, what being advertised this time? Yes.
3: Um, theme park based on Diana's. Princess Diana's fatal crash opens tomorrow. Oh, Jesus Christ! (laughs) It will cost twenty pounds a time to ride. is open to children and adults. (laughs) (laughs) And it has completely frozen (laughs) my phone. What
4: what country is that in?
3: Uh, The UK.
4: What What theme park is
2: this? (laughs) I'm just trying to find. Conkers.
3: A theme park ride which allows people to experience the crash which killed Diana, Princess of Wales, is set to open and (laughs) charge people twenty pounds a time to take part.
4: Do you think the Queen's there pulling the. <laughs> <they're> getting started?
3: <laughs> she opened it! Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I Philip. paid
2: for
4: it! <laughs> Why
2: did this ever get commissioned?
3: People will be able to vote on whether they think the Royal Family was involved in the collision. <laughs> oh, yes! yes. Oh, wow.
4: So do
1: you take the position of Princess Diana? or The, the driver? driver, yeah. <laughs> People following her? Which I'll
3: read on. The attraction is part of a new park celebrating U.S. magazine The National Enquirer, and opens tomorrow. Why you make think makes sense? And opens tomorrow in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Sorry, so it's um. Creator Robin Turner said it's a three D computer model, and you're looking down what just looks like Paris, but it's three dimensional. So basically a tunnel, you're looking down a tunnel. What looks like Paris, but it's three-dimensional. Unlike the two-dimensional yes. normal Paris. It shows the pathway that she left with the Ritz Hotel and the paparazzi chasing her. Oh, God. And it's... Just, oh. I hate this website. Keeps crashing my phone. Anyway. Uh, yes, it's projected and you see the buildings and everything is a 3D presentation. Oh, yeah, that bit. And the bang flash that we think blinded the driver and how it happened.
4: Oh, that he was drunk.
3: Yes. Turnus told the website Daily Beast there's no blood, there's none of that. You see the car crash. <laughs> you see the car crash through computer animation.
4: Oh my god.
3: The traction will leave people surrounded the conspiracy theories for- about the crash.
4: Right.
2: I mean, what What? I, I mean, the.
3: And that's the representation of oh, the theme park.
2: <laughs> 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 I mean, like, what else are they going to do to celebrate National Quarters? Is there going to be, like, a ride, you know a J Simpson experience like what's, uh, like, what's going on can Like, you, you get drive to... O.J.'s van fast yeah.
3: <laughs> will the gloves fit yeah can you try <laughs> out the gloves oh, wow. it, it is like so the nice. most terrible poor taste thing that I can think of I can't think of a worse thing no, ride I except yeah. the Titanic movie do you, want to ta- <laughs> do you want to take part in the Lewinsky scandal
2: <laughs> Jesus, I'm sure a lot of
4: people would like to take part in the Lewinsky scandal. <laughs> are the stains yogurt or not? <laughs> <laughs> right Christ Almighty,
3: are you for that? Yeah, that is kind of on the on the rather terrible side, isn't it?
2: I mean, like I I, feel, I do feel that like they ripped off Dismal Land though, because in the, in the yeah. Dismal Land there was the um, Cinderella carriage crashed like like the Princess Di car accident, so I feel they ripped that off a little bit. They're ripped
3: off Banksy, yeah.
2: yeah. Remember when we
4: saw Ampton Deck at Disneyland? No. Nice. Yeah, we walked past Ant and Deck. Do you know what I mean?
2: like, I'm
1: just to be tiny
3: little
2: guys, <laughs> but
4: around was Ampton. driving weird. <laughs> 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 Maybe that's what set him off. We couldn't cope with a dystopian Disneyland.
3: It's where the princess carriage was. What
4: <laughs> I want
3: to know is what happened to Little Ant and Dick, Deck, because they just disappeared one Ant, yeah, and they made the But yeah, They really grew up. No.
4: <laughs> Now they keep them at their house. <laughs> I think I think that's what
2: Stephen Moore heard was. That has been all the variations of little Andy, Beck and now he's grown up, and they just can't get rid of him. Yeah, it's,
4: it's probably. Him and
3: Ben Shepherd.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, hi Ben Shepherd. Very stupid waistcoats. Why does a fully grown man need to wear a waistcoat? It's not going to a baptism. He's presenting Tipping Point. It's ridiculous. Why is that even a game show? And Ninja
3: Warrior UK.
4: No. I mean, Cammy could do that on his own,
3: 100%. What I I never understood is the bird from the Saturdays who can never remember the name of.
4: Rochelle. Rochelle. Rochelle.
3: What is her job? Just to occasionally say
2: something. that was scary. to say something occasionally. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And that is it. that's her role. So at least Cammy comes out with. He just laughs, doesn't he? Yeah. It's kind of like. For the three presenters for that show, that is the oddest combination I can think of. An (laughs) ex football player, an ex pop singer. I and and ben ben used, <laughs> <laughs> used to read the news, commentating
1: on an assault course. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Funny enough, sir, mention I mentioned the Ninja Warrior, though, like, why are you not yeah, signed up this. for this? Like, why have you not done it? Firstly, you know, good chance to get your pets out on screen. Yeah. And secondly, I reckon you could do it. You could be really humble about it. Like, oh, I did it, and it was good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, think, yeah, I liked yeah, it you know, the worry yeah. that you fall off the first pyramid and straight into the water? Yeah, probably.
1: I <laughs> I don't have great balance, and I'm not great at hanging off... Things. Well, it surprised me, because you've got three legs. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Imagine that, like, we just extend my third leg, but it's not like a Grab on like an octopus. <laughs>
1: it's prehensile.
3: I mean, it, if that
1: were true, I think it would be more of a hindrance than a help. Maybe,
4: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Depending whether it was retractable or not, I know, like it, might, it might be a hindrance.
3: Time to move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, please do. Game of Thrones, season eight then. Guy, I'll start off with you. Oh,
4: thanks. Thoughts? Was that the sound gun?
3: oh <laughs> 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 uh, Spoilers before we get into Yeah, you've had your nine days, so...
4: You've only texted me in seven days, man
2: so, if Bart Thomas is out, it will have been yeah. longer than nine days, so yeah. you should pipe down and I'll breathe far on you if you start with <laughs> him. Um, I mean, where do you start with the three Um <laughs> Episode one. Yeah, I mean...
3: I mean, for one of the most critically acclaimed series up until series eight.
2: I'll put it out there. I, I liked I liked it, but... I have severe issues with it as well, which I'm sure we will go into. But my initial, I, I like, I liked it, but I have issues. Laura,
4: um, yeah, same thing. Really, it just seemed like a completely rushed season eight. And spent the first two episodes dithering around, nothing happening, and then there's a massive battle, which was good, but a bit of an anticlimax about the of Winterfell, and then another episode dithering around, doing nothing. And then another battle, it's like, oh crap, we forgot the ending, we need to do the ending really quick. That...
2: So, like, I did point this out early on, and it, like, there was a lot of praise for the first two episodes, but I remember having the conversation with you saying that they are messing around, they don't have a lot of time to do stuff, and this is, yeah. this is exactly as I said it was six weeks ago, that really they, they didn't hit the ground running, they spent a lot of time...
4: But uh, I know to a certain extent they needed to do that they needed to build up the tension and the atmosphere and you know this is the first time characters have seen each other for like seven series so I understand they needed that and that was really nice for the first episode but then it all just seemed really squished in the last two or three episodes Sam
1: I, I agree um, I, I did enjoy it but or well, you might <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there were problems with it, like everyone was saying, and um, uh, I think it's all stemmed from the pacing issues. Um, I think um, I think you've said this before, Guy, but um, uh, if they'd just had it as a ten-episode season and mm-hmm. they'd given themselves a little bit more room to breathe, um, they could have, for example, had some plot points happening when they were, say, en route from... Winterfell to King's Landing that just would have sort of spread it out a bit more um, so like in the first season it took several episodes for a character <laughs> to get from from one of those places to the other because they're effectively and like
4: Hound and Arya took a whole series <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah exactly um, and uh, yeah and then everyone was doing it in basically an episode like 20 a minutes <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> well but I think the problem is and I'm sure Ryan you're probably going to touch on this as well that um this was this effectively this six episodes was two series worth of material crammed yeah, yeah. into six hours. More than that, I think. So I feel that like the logical split would have been to nip the White Walkers in the bud at the end of series seven. So chip yeah. the first three episodes of this series onto last series have had a bigger a bigger series seven. And then you could have had like a six episode series eight but it oh. still would've had better pacing.
3: Or what we discussed, we said this season needed to be ten episodes minimum. Yeah. Where I would have finished season seven is the episode before the Battle for Winterfell.
4: Yeah, possibly, yeah. And then yeah. you'd have that... You've already had the meetup you, and stuff, yeah. yeah. And you'd have that
3: beautiful big cliffhanger ready for the next season. Everybody would have been completely jazzed about it. You'd have had two episodes on the Battle of Winterfell. You'd have had two episodes on the Battle for King's Landing. And then a couple of filler episodes, as you said, to flesh out the plot. I mean... Cine- season eight cinematography was great yeah the direction was great the acting was still up there yeah. the effects were all there it was everything but the writing yeah, definitely. yeah I think that's the problem and I think the writing was the absolute killer we had people who go against their complete character arts yeah. we had the redemption of Jamie which got turned around in one episode I kind of disagree with that slightly I, I know a lot of people have had a problem with this but
1: I don't think it's out of character for him to no. try to save the woman he's loved for his I whole don't life.
3: think that was out of character. I think it was out of character when he went, oh yeah, I don't really care about the pu- public anymore. And it's like the whole reason yeah. you were the Kingslayer in the first mm. place is because you were trying well, to I save think, the public. I plin- think it I was suppose. the whole,
4: like, his relationship with Brienne. I just didn't see it that way at all. It, for me, it was very much a platonic relationship. And I know, like, obviously yeah. it's up to the writers, but I found that so weird and then to be suddenly like oh no I'm off to kings landing like obviously you no know, you can't know he's always going to go back to cersei he's cersei's the only one he loves yeah. and but this but... is the,
2: this is the problem again it's the time that storyline needed yeah. to breathe he needed to have yeah. met brienne sooner they could have had a thing going on for a few episodes and it would have had more than an emotional impact yeah. had he done the the dirty on a last minute yeah, yeah. it's it it like a one night like, stand literally like it was so rushed like it could have been something that had been built up for a while, and like you would well, have the, so the strength she, it would have yeah. given Brienne.
3: Other yeah. things out of character, Bron popping up for five minutes with a crossbow, and then sobbing back to King's Landing. Yes, certainly. and not yeah. a yeah. single person noticing the bloke. Walking around the streets of Winterfell with a crossbow, and yeah. then going to the only pub where they're the only people inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's stuff like that that really disappoint me. Varys' arc was ridiculous. As that well. was so disappointing. Varys, yeah. the master of whispers, who doesn't have a clue what's going on in King's Landing. Sorry, what?
4: Yeah, yeah, and just the fact it's like, oh, he only told a few people. Yeah, and then he's dead. Like that's such a disappointment. He should. I just feel like he would have told yeah. absolutely everybody, and it's just. It was such a shame because, again, yeah. his character was redeemed as well. I mean, there's a
3: whole subplot there of him trying to kill off Daenerys when they're at Dragonstone, which completely mm-hmm. most people ignored
4: yeah. or well, didn't realise
3: because yeah. it was really subtly yeah. done, which was him with one of his little birds. Mm-hmm. But that was just completely like, oh, we'll just cover that off in two lines. Yeah, she exactly. Yeah. No, we'll try and kill her another way then. That's basically the entire yeah. part of it.
2: I feel, like, I feel like this whole thing was sequenced wrong as well and I actually feel like the Daenerys going mad element should have come first. Well, that should have been mm. at the end of series seven. I that think. should that but should ha- have. that should have happened a bit earlier on, and yeah. like you could have killed her earlier. Or you, you could Well, this is the thing that you could have actually just taken her forces out of the Battle of Winterfell and made that more intense, as it would have been a more st- bigger struggle against the White Walkers towards the end, and had that big cinematic buyout was the final thing really
3: I mean okay. the battle tactics really annoyed me in that episode which sounds really stupid but these are seasoned professional soldiers so what they're going to do is have the artillery in front of everybody else then just send the cavalry in on like a desperate no hope charge Yeah, and then keep the rest of the infantry in front of the big flamey burny barrier that I know yeah He's like, wouldn't you put the big flaming barrier burning? <laughs> I mean, why don't we just
2: kill off all right? the Dothraki <laughs> right <rocky, laughs> yeah, yeah. not? I feel, I feel for me, like a lot of it is you've you've invested like a good portion of your life into the show. I invested like five years watching yeah. it, and then. Yeah, they, it was a I mean, big... I've been
3: watching this since 2011, since yeah. season
2: one. So it's a, it's a big ask of us to, one, accept the two year break that they had. Yeah. And then the two, and when they come back after that yeah, two year break. So like ca- characters just to be so disregarded. Like, let's take Melisandra. Melisandra's been an amazing character for the whole show. We haven't seen her since mid series seven. Yeah. Came back for one episode. Not even any hint to her coming back. She just kind of came. Came. There was like that like,
4: Shireen girl who looked like she. Yeah, but for it, that
2: but reason. it was amazing. Like like even for the actress, that like Carice van Houten, one episode out of six. Out of six, yeah. when you've been a, quite a major prominent character for the rest of the series, I feel like for someone like her, that she got cheapen Cheapened by that, what? she should have had. At least an appearance earlier on the season. Like with the Night King, he cropped up in episode three. Yeah. A hint that he was coming by seeing something different, but we didn't
3: see him. No. And it would have been
2: nice to see, like, he's coming now, and yeah. she's coming now, and this stuff is happening, not yeah. just, here we Again, go. Again,
3: I think that's the most crushing disappointment for most people, is the Night King's been the big bad for yeah. seven and a half seasons. Yeah. He, is the, he is the end times coming. He He basically signals the world is about to die, and it's like... Yeah, lol, stabbed you.
4: But this is, I, I don't get that this at all. Is,
2: But this is the problem, okay? So the Night King was the big bad, and I, that's why I feel like the, the, the first three episodes should have been series seven, because yeah. it would have resolved that problem, and then we really would have gone into the next series. Like we went into the final three episodes with an uncertainty about how it was ending, yeah. and whilst the side would have sequenced this this differently, but had this been the actual plan... I do. I do think that the time we would have needed for to establish Daenerys as a bigger bad, we would have needed a series with that for that to have more of an impact. Because yeah. obviously we were still we We had to deal with three potential, two bad guys in that series: the <coughs> like Night King and Cersei.
3: I mean, who props to Amelia Clarke who had to act that all in a. Five-second scene of her face changing when the belt.
2: That was great, though. That that was was fantastic. Forty minutes of her going mad. That was all the show offered us. Was forty minutes of her going mad. Do you know what? As well, I
4: reckon everyone wanted to see the Night King in King's Landing. (laughs) I'm not being fickle. That's what I was holding out for. And it's like, oh, he's been stopped in Winterfell. It's just such a disappointment.
2: Like the Battle of Winterfell was cool. You know, it was great great to finally see it. <laughs> but it sounds like I represented dying. <laughs> <laughs> else of you you right, Ryan? Oh, I think stabbed God. by the Night King or something. Um, I don't know. It was. I just.
3: It, it's again, the pace. It's the pace. My yeah. idea: splitting Battle of King's Landing into two episodes. You could have finished it on the bells. That would have been a perfect dramatic point to finish it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, Christ on Ryan! And then you would have gone into her. Burning, Madness, yeah. the, the desolation of King's Landing. But
4: then it's almost a... like if she—why didn't she just do that when she first got there? And she would have had three dragons intact. <laughs> and you wouldn't have it. had all the faff around at Winterfell. Well, that was the, just... the only
3: reason they broke the wall in the first place is because she got given a
4: dragon, <laughs> which is Jon Snow's fault, by the way.
3: Yeah, the, the whole ridiculousness of Jon Snow's plotline summing up to, "Oh, I'm going north at all." That, yeah. that was the entirety of Hit for eight seasons. He, he did that in the first season. It's yeah. kind of like we could have had seven seasons of nothing happen, and he would have been in the exact same spot. Yeah. That's all we ever really wanted, though, was to go north of the wall and sit in the community. He just wanted to his... find some wilding ladies. Yeah,
4: another Egrim. Yeah. <laughs> and also we met Ghost again, which, oh my God, that was, that was the best <laughs> moment. Like when, when he killed Daniel, I was like well-hating on him. Yeah. Oh, for obvious reasons. But then when he saw Ghost again, I thought, like, oh, forgive him of everything. It's fine. Ghost has got his <laughs> owner back.
3: Well, this is I think the only two emotional bits in the finale, which you'd expect to be a big roller coaster of, "Yeah, oh, my heart's getting torn apart here, is the bit with Drogon trying to wake up Daenerys. Oh, my God, that yeah. was
4: horrible.
3: That was, that was like, actually Crying heartbreaking. My eyes out, God. And then the bit with Ghost at the end, where yeah. Jon Snow finally gives him a hug. And I assume that was an impost, <laughs> yeah. where they're like, uh Jon... Uh, Harrington put the costume on for five minutes because we need to add a CGI scene in before we get killed by everybody else. <laughs>
4: yeah, God, you said they probably added that in last minute yeah, because <laughs> I saw the height.
2: Um, I said, look, see, Laura's gonna get windy because I'm gonna end up mentioning Twin Peaks and she always gets windy when I mention Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. But it's got—it's not relevant. It's got to get mentioned. So, for me. I like shows which kind of leave you with a bit of an ambiguous note. So you, you've yeah. got The Sopranos, which, you know, with the like, spoilers to all these shows, but anyway, you've got the note with Tony Soprano. Does he get hit or does he not? The Just turns
3: black yeah. Yeah.
2: What well, white at the end of Breaking Bad? You know, it's, I can't say this because Sam's not watching it. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah, watching. I
1: can
3: not say that. Well, so <laughs> Breaking Bad, bad? has <laughs> been a very more consistently rated right show. What I was going to talk about is the IMDb reigns and I know they take a while to settle down. But it for seven seasons consistently between eight and nine. Yeah. Final episode ended on four point five currently. Gosh, the so, it's awful so that just shows you the quality drop off. And again, it's the rushing on this. Yeah. It's blatantly you can tell D B benioff and David Wise being told you are getting Star Wars and yeah. all they're doing is fantastic. We'll get this wrapped up. We we wanna be done. And I think the biggest problem is they've had no source material. They were great. Adapters. Yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah. they're not great writers, and I think this has proved that they're not great writers. They're very well adapting somebody else's work for screen, but I don't think they can ever write something themselves.
4: I think it just missed all those like intimate conversations, the character development that George R R Martin's really, really good at. But then again, he goes off on a huge amount of tangents mm. to a certain <laughs> extent. <laughs> They did need to bring it all back together. But as you said, I think it was just the timing thing. But I think it was really lacking those kind of jokey conversations and... um I don't know, I guess the character building had been so good for the last seven it series. Could, like
2: like saying, it didn't leave us on anything big to chew over. Everything that yeah. technology. Like, it would have been nice, like the ambiguity, it would have been nice to see that like maybe it all wasn't right behind the wall, or yeah. to see where Dragon yeah. ended up. Something, some yeah. little thing just to leave us with a thought of kind of like,
3: I wonder what. Yeah, um. I, it really showed me as I watched one of the older episodes. And it's the one where Joffrey's torturing Sansa in, in the main hall of King's Landing. Oh, yeah. And you've got some of Tyrion's best speech ever. Where yeah. He's handed the king to Joffrey and he comes in and goes, what are you doing? And like Joffrey's going, I'm showing my power by getting Sir Meryn to strip her in front of everybody. And then uh, Tyrion turns to Bronn and goes, if Sir Meryn moves an inch, kill him. And he goes, that's a demonstration of power. That's a demonstration of weakness right over into you. And it's like, that was the writing that we had back then. And now we just get, lol, ban the broken. Lol. Mm. Yeah. And that was like the most pointless King's Council speech ever as well.
4: I think the only hilarious person is Tormund in this series. Like he's he's got some great stuff. I think some of that was from the books as well. Yeah,
2: but I feel like I feel like he's just become now just a pass, pass away jo- jokey character. Like it was yeah. fan
3: fiction. It's putting Bronn on the small council. That's fan fiction. Yeah, that was, yeah that was ridiculous. Uh, if he'd been stupid. an early season character, he'd have been dead after three episodes. Have you seen? Um, there
1: was an interview with George R. Martin where he was saying, and it was he didn't name a character, but it's he it was kind of hinting that he was yeah. talking about Bronn, Where he was saying that. Um, uh, the sort of producers of the show were looking at uh, what gets higher ratings and that sort of thing, and what's popular with the audiences, and I mean,
3: basically I wrote up bronze character to be much more yeah. prominent in the final season. Yeah, than I think from what I've read is from season 500... George R. 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 had little input on the scripts... They yeah but I don't him. want to
2: start praising this fat fool... Because at the end of the day he <laughs> killed the series... Yeah, I'm He's not, had I plenty got, of time... I don't want us to be like oh my god... Because he did write an amazing thing... But at the end of the day I don't care if you love his books... He let everybody down... And I'm not, I don't want the blame to be on the guys who made the show... Because yeah. they didn't have the material to work from... And you're saying like okay they were great at adapting stuff... And that's good because they were great at adapting stuff... But they didn't have anything else to go by... So he let them down... He let HBO down. He let everybody down by not finishing books. You're 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 a chubby chap who sits in a basement most of the time. I'm not being funny. Get your books
3: finished. I can imagine what the ending is. He's told him is John snorts the wall. Aryas hops off. Sansa's queen. Yeah, Bran's on the throne. Uh, Yeah, queen of the north. And Bran's on the throne. And since then, everything else is going to be. all... Crap, how do we write around this?
4: It's like yeah. they're focused so much on minor characters as well, which, you know, is nice. Like Podrick, for example. <laughs> and it's like, we haven't got time to see what Podrick's doing. We don't have time it's for Podrick just to
3: for three and a half
4: minutes. Yeah, a but yeah. <laughs> and, and how did they all survive the Battle of Winterfell? Like, that would have never happened in the early series. You thought, yeah, Jorah died, so what? You know what I mean? It's like, no one of importance really died there.
3: General friend zone. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> Captain but Friend I, Zone. I honestly feel that like, George R.R. is the reason that the last few series have sucked. And mm. he really... He's trying to pat the blame onto them. It's like, you need to take some responsibility. I think only
3: for your mistakes, mate. I think it's six and one, half a dozen or another. No, it's his fault. If they wrote that script, I and mean, if they'd passed it to anybody who got any a mm. tangential relationship to Game of Thrones, so it would have gone... That's stupid. That's fine, yeah. Don't do it that yeah. way. But yeah. he hasn't. He obviously hasn't taken the time with them to look into I it. Don't and care. I don't think they asked
4: him though. But I, I mean, think
3: they've just told him to basically go away and we'll finish yeah. it. I don't. I don't blame
2: them though because they've obviously have been offered Star Wars. So they're thinking well we're on a project now, well, we don't know we have a direction we've got to finish this on our own yeah. there's no way we, we know we're not really knowing what we're doing, so we can only put something they've together quite oh.
3: easily handed it over to somebody else
2: I feel like they I feel like they they were right to do it's, they've done what they can and they want then they want to start a new project like most people working uh, on TV at that stage and
3: I find fair enough go and work on a new project don't ruin it for everybody yeah. else yeah. you could have Huge, quite you could have gone to hate career and just said. Look, we've got the Star Wars thing, we've got nothing to work with, uh, we'll just hand the project over to somebody else competent. But,
2: but I mean, uh, I'll talk more about H- my feelings about the HBO role in this, and yeah. um, we we'll talk about the future of the show later on, but I don't... I think I mean, I feel like George Online is the guilty party,
3: because he didn't give them the material. But I think HBO, hey, you've got unlimited m- money, you've got unlimited number of episodes to wrap this story up correctly. And they were just like, no, we'll get it done in six because we just bought. Yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like to me. It's kind of like even four more episodes would have made a world of difference for the series. And actually, yeah.
4: series seven was really good. It wasn't. Oh, no, it was... I, no, I thought. No, I thought it was quite good. I it think the Battle of
3: the Bastards was really good. The rest. That of was series six. Was that series six? So I'm
2: gonna. I am gonna mention Twin Peaks. I watched Twin Peaks and Game of Thrones back to back. Yeah. During the summer of 2017, and that. Game of Thrones felt like a chore compared to watching an episode of Twin Peaks, which was wildly different, unusual, unique. I didn't know what was going on. But Game of Thrones... Shush. (laughs) Game of Thrones was... Predictable yeah. Boring Nothing was happening Week by week They were oh, plodding yeah. their way Through seven episodes Until like I think episodes six and seven got, Where yeah. they went behind the wall Or
3: you got the dragon attack on Yeah, yeah, the, yeah on I the Lannister Lannister movies, But
2: even so It was yeah. still kind of like Plodding You know It was nothing They were wasting their time It was really dull Compared to what I'd just watched And while some people may disagree Because I didn't like the show But Comparing though, when I, That viewing experience Game of Thrones at that point For me Had no excitement about it and I was excited... Oh, I
4: disagree.
2: Well, you are going to disagree on that because <laughs> you don't like Twin Peaks. But for, for me, this yeah. series was... It, well, I was excited to watch it, but I was surprised how, that they didn't utilise earlier episodes to pull some of the stuff yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah, I
3: mean, I said I bear no ill will to the directors, the actors, anybody who's worked for the show who didn't actually be involved in those last few episode scripts. I think... Everybody else probably looked at the crappy hand they'd been dealt and said, let's make the best out of it. I mean, the cinematography has been stunning. The bit where you got Sandor versus the Marion on... The, the ruins of the Red Keep yeah. the cinematography and that's, that's yeah, yeah. that was, that was yeah. amazing the bit yeah. where Daenerys lands in the Red Keep and you see Drogon unfolding her wings behind him the bit where Jon Snow's going to see Daenerys and you see Drogon wake up and pop out that felt yeah. like a Dark yeah. Souls yeah. battle scene <laughs> uh, the, 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 sh- the shots have been beautiful the, the action has been very well directed it's just stuff like Stuff that's been built up for so many seasons like with the army of the Army of the Dead, yeah. the Golden Company, which we've not even touched on. Um, <laughs> the Iron Fleet Harry that Strickland. managed like one shot one of the yeah. dragons, and then then an episode later can't, even land, all of them. Yeah, can't yes. even land a single shot on Drogon. Mm. It's kind of
4: it's, it didn't make sense, did it?
3: It just felt like this is a rush job and everybody was trying to make the best out of it.
4: And Cersei got massively robbed as well. It's like you saw her for about two seconds in the whole series. Yeah,
3: yeah. But
4: was it was just a complete shame. But at the same time, was
2: it always meant to go this way? Because I've said before that I felt the best Game of Friends was at like its best, series one to four. And I feel from series yeah. five onwards, it's been it's been relying on the bigger, heavier moments. You know, the big the big shocking action sequences, like the big battles at like the Battle of the Bastards, to kinda of pull it through to be like yeah. the ranks where well, as soon as one to four I think there is Home is
3: anything is the cut point. Yeah. I think the build up to Hard Home is like that is one of the greatest episodes of T V that's ever been shot. I think Hard Home yeah. stands up there alone pretty much. And since then it has been on a bit of a downward. Curve. Yeah,
2: it was like it was like that was because that was a huge revelation about what the show could be. Yeah. But then I think after that it's kinda of like, well, how do we go bigger? How do we do this bigger? How do we how can we be the size of a film on TV? Yeah, but is that
4: not just the end game of it though, that they had to wrap it up and certain characters had to meet? And Jon Snow had to defeat Ramsey Bolton. But, That's just what, what was bound yeah, but, to happen. But when you
2: radically change a TV show... The oh, notes, I don't think it was
4: radically changed.
2: It is, though, because you notice the quality. Because before, it's been a show heavy on intrigue and politics and... I think I the have the the money. Yeah, that. and it's like... it. There was, from that point, a change of a show where it became a big... Epic grand event. You know, must see television, huge, you know, epic set pieces. Can we make the biggest battle of all time on TV? That's what Let's it kind of If you go back became. and watch
3: the Red Wedding now, there's hardly any extras in it. It's actually quite a quite small set. Yeah. There's only about thirty or forty people on set by the yeah. look of it. And that was one of the pivotal moments in the series. Mm. When you get to Hard Home, this is when you get in a massive budget and you get in hundreds upon hundreds of extras on set. I mean it's
2: it is a change
3: and it's a change of yeah. style of the show. Like I feel if you
2: watched it all from beginning to end now, you would notice it has changed. But I mean like there's the, there's other shows like that, like like with Lost, that changed its style and tone because it was a mystery show to begin yeah. with. Then it became all about, more about the flashbacks and then it became more 24. about time travel. Twenty four. Yeah, how big and stupid could the next week was a twenty four be? Which was like what, was it quite minor to begin with? Yeah. Like an assassination attempt. Or well, twenty-four and then it was, was
3: 20, a bomb yeah. Twenty-four was just an assassination attempt, and Kiefer Sutherland acting yeah. out that twenty-four hours of mm-hmm. how can I politically intrigue for this plot. It turned into well, there's a bomb on a plane, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to get onto the plane in two episodes to disarm the bomb. Mm-hmm. But oh wait, there's another threat over the other side of the world, and I'm going to get there in thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I mean, happened with
2: Twenty Four. Yeah, I mean, so it is traditional that TV does have this. Yeah, you know, show can radically change once it gets
3: more and more popular. But I feel like I think when generally... you it's the greatest show on TV, that's the problem.
0: Mm. Mm. Uh, that yeah,
3: I think as soon as you get labelled the greatest show on TV at that time, everybody wants bigger and better. Final thoughts on series eight, wrapping this section of it up.
4: Um, I think I'm just it was absolutely good for Daenerys's character mainly, just because like you know that that's the way it's going to happen, but you feel like especially if you you know if you've read the books, you start from this young girl, you see a dragon's being born, you see her struggles where she not, um, nearly starves to death, and then it's like oh she's killed by Jon Snow at the end. I think it was just such a not a letdown, but it's almost like nobody was on Jon Snow's side at that point. I feel like everybody should have been. So I think that her character in particular was let down.
2: Sam? Um, yeah, I,
1: I'm almost more disappointed about Cersei than I am about Daenerys, I think, just because I think she deserved something more climactic. and um, I, In a way, I, I think it, the way she died kind of worked, but it would have been nice to have given her a bit more to do before that. Um, but yeah, I, overall, I liked it. But. 41? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there was obviously room for improvement, as we've said.
3: Ryan? I think the theory, I've mentioned this to you previously, the series could have been fixed three ways quite easily, with little more change. One is they could have done flashbacks to Bran walking into people and changing the plot of history. Yeah. And then you could have seen him over eight seasons building up to him taking the throne from behind the scenes. And I think that would have worked with the flow of the show. I mean, we don't even... His walking power's completely forgotten about it after five minutes. Yeah. And something like that. Or alternatively, you could have had it where Jon gets set on fire by Drogon and walks out of the flames and everybody knows it's a Targaryen. That was the other thing. So you've got the Kang's Council at the end and everybody goes, oh yeah, let's just put Bronn on the throne. Where any, nobody actually mentions, even though not, half the audience sat there go, oh, by the way... John's Aegon Targaryen actually the true heir to the throne so why don't we just put him back on there I think part of the point with that though is they were making
1: a decision that that doesn't matter Um, it's not about yeah but
4: it wasn't made clear was it I don't think think it wasn't even
3: discussed yeah I think if they'd actually made the point of Jon Snow is actually Aegon Targaryen Targaryen, and the true heir to the throne some people probably would have gone oh Jon Snow united the north Jon Snow defeated the knight army Jon Snow's actually done some good stuff, and he's actually a fairly decent leader. No, let's just go with the guy in the wheelchair who's done nothing <laughs> to keep Grey Worm <laughs> happy. Yeah, nothing <laughs> in season <laughs> four. <Decent> light, <laughs> man. And again, Grey Worm just naffs off in the ship. Five minutes later, Yeah, no, bring him clear. back? Yeah, it's like Jon Snow. Oh, we'll just get you back from from the Castle Black now.
4: Also, uh, what's the point in Castle Black now? He's been, yeah. been sent there. They don't, there's no need from anymore.
3: I think the. Underlying excuse was, John Snowden, just you can get, go to Castle yeah. Black and, and therefore you can just go, and, go off and do what you want beyond the wall because I don't care about anything beyond the wall.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah I guess so. um, I think for me, uh, a lot of frustration um, with some of the decision making... I remember watching the finale with you, Laura, and I was getting—you were enjoying this like twenty minutes of shots of people just walking, looking at the structure, whereas I was actually losing my mind that you have like tw- an hour, an
3: hour and twenty minutes to wrap up the show. You've literally wasted how, long shots of walking. How was the chair shuffle scene for you? That that was like nails down on blackboard. The chair shuffle scene. Tyrion shuffling the chairs in the small council. Uh, <laughs> again, <laughs> ninety <laughs> seconds of point, point pointless
2: wasted time. Um, and yeah, I like like I said, I would have liked some kind of ambiguous note to see its place as being like, you know, it's gonna something that's gonna always do it, always will stick with people, but just some kind of some ambiguous talking point yeah. to that will always have people kind of a little bit that that kind of frustrated but good frustrated you know that kind of like I am annoyed about the way it ended because I, I'm annoyed because I don't know and I want to know what that was and it, did, yeah. it wasn't clever enough to like other shows have been to do something like that and that's what was disappointing for me is that they didn't do what other shows have done with that
3: my biggest takeaway is I didn't actually care that I had no feelings one way to the other with any of the characters left I only cared that my colleague only kept ruining it at work for me <laughs> <laughs> But it was just like, I watched that finale, and to be honest, I didn't, ma- didn't matter anymore. I, I'd got to the point of, I watched that finale and just was, no no emotion was left in it for me. It was just, I'm watching this to wrap the season, season up, to say that I've watched it, and I'm done. You weren't left shocked, or, or like, really. yeah.
2: mind-blowing, you were just left. Uh, yeah, I was. It I was, was just like I
3: sat there going, "Well, that's an ending," and that was it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'd have to formally. i have to formally, an ap- formally apologise to you, though, Sam, for the arrogance in the pub the week before. <laughs> Sansa will definitely be sat on the Iron Throne at the end. I told you I was right five years ago. I was wrong, and I do apologise. <laughs> I'm
3: kind of hard for
4: right.
1: Yeah, she ended up on a throne i was still <laughs> so arrogant
3: about it <laughs> what, I do, I don't know, it's what it's would have been true. a nicer ending for Cersei would have been for Cersei to be sat on the Iron Throat when Drogon melted it <laughs> yeah, yeah that would have worked that would have worked yeah. could have had Drogon coming in destroying the Red Keep and setting fire to Cersei on the throne yeah but it's still her refusal to abdicate.
1: is yeah. kind of
3: yeah, there's so many ways you could have fixed this. Basically. I mean, I feel it like just a bit of thought into the right. I
2: feel like we're all football pundits here now. Like, or yeah. you like, well,
3: could have scored the goal. <laughs> and the manager could have done that
2: yeah. better, and they could have yeah. like the other team could have kicked that ball to that player better. You know I feel like that's what we're doing with it. I mean, the, whatever we say about it, yeah. we can't change it. That's what happened. That's how. That's how they put the plans into place. Yeah, that's how their vision for how the show ended. Um, no
3: many petitions online will ever exactly. get seen. Exactly. That so. will. No. That will be. That's what it eight, be. Yeah, that's yeah. what you've got. It's already in yeah. DVD printing somewhere. I'm
2: sure. I'm sure if you go back now later the line that you watch all seventy three episodes, maybe the pacing will be better because you're watching it like maybe one one or two a night. You'll get a better flow to it. So maybe in the long in the long run of things, when you rewatch, will maybe make the ease of this better. But I think the fact we had to wait two years for such a rushed series I don't know, it didn't I help. That might even feel worse because the speed up of it towards the end. Yeah. But you, you will be watching it at speed, though, won't you? Because be watching, you'll be watching seeing events happen quicker because you'll be watching it as yeah. a more quicker rewatching. You'll get to things quicker, so it will seem more natural that that happened. Whereas I think for us, we've been watching things so slow over like seven years or so that it didn't feel natural.
3: And my point to wrap up this bit then: Would you rewatch it? Oh,
4: Yeah, already in the process yeah. of, of it, waiting to get the blue. Just on season
3: eight. Just season eight. Would you rewatch it?
2: Well, yeah, but yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah definitely. No, I yeah. watch it. Yeah. I think there's enough spectacle in it, in, especially in the two battle episodes, to make it worthwhile in itself. Therefore, it's done its
3: job at the end of its so. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's ignore the bad times of season eight. Let's go back to the good times. Favorite moments, favorite characters. Sam, start off with you. Uh, favorite character, I think, has to be Oberyn Martell.
1: Um, (laughs) wasn't in there for very long but made a really big impact and I think (laughs) well he did when he got his head squashed yes but um, um, but he's despite the fact that he was only in there for one season he was very very memorable and um, uh, I think his speech to Tyrion about when he and his sister went to visit the Lannisters when they were small children and Tyrion had just been born was one of the Loveliest mm-hmm. bits of writing in the whole season. Um, I mean,
3: I think he was definitely the best out of the entire series of Dawn's characters. Yes, which they completely ruined. Yeah, um, bad pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I thought he was
1: fantastic. I love that he was sort of also a bit of an Ego Montoya ripoff, but um, but it worked. <laughs> um, favorite moment is a much harder bit, though.
3: My ass come back to me on that one. <laughs> we'll come back round to you though. Okay, Thank Laura. Favorite character?
4: My favorite character is Peter Baelish. He he just epitomizes everything that is good about Game of Thrones. He kicks it off in the beginning with the with the letter and with the dagger, and he's just everything that's amazing about Game of Thrones. All the backroom talking, all the snidey comments, all the planning. And that's when he really to be honest. And he's very very attractive old oh, yeah. man.
2: Even though with his weird accent changes, oh, his weird accent <laughs> absolutely made. Yeah, but his accent changed like five times. I oh, don't.
4: Not serious. interested. Don't care. he's great. Even when <laughs> he's he married Ramsey, Ramsay, still yeah.
3: liked him. He's come a long way since Queer afo- as Folk, <laughs> which is where I originally remember him from.
2: He was. He was a great character. He's a
4: fantastic character. Yeah,
2: definitely. not mm. tier. Uh, does a classic. Yeah. Yeah. That was a true run out of things the same for me,
3: though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the, uh, the whole chaos is a ladder speech, I think, is the personification yeah. of his character, which is basically the more I mess things up, the more likely is the chances I'm going to move up another step. Yeah, that's all and he wanted to move some... up the
4: ladder, wasn't it? Get yeah. more and more power.
3: And it's like everything he did was in pursuance of his goal. The whole thing with Ned Stark, where he goes, I told you not to trust me back in series yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Everybody was like, oh. Crap, this is like a big moment back in season one. It, and yeah, it
4: showed us in season one that good characters don't necessarily get happy endings straight from the beginning. That's because yeah. of him.
2: So. Definitely. Guy? Guy? Uh, we all, I think we all know who I'm going to pick here. For a
4: favourite
2: character? Yeah, just so it's Joffrey it? and <laughs> <laughs> What a superb character Joffrey was. I loved everything he did, every horrible little action, he did every little bit of nastiness that that character did. I absolutely loved him for it. He was just vile, disgusting, atrocious, the worst child in the world, but absolutely genius like just just the the creativity of the
4: nastiness
2: for me was superb
4: like the crossbow the prostitute yeah
2: the 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 moment like when um is it sansa and Tyrion are getting married and he stops the (laughs) wedding and demands a a footstool gets bought in and like everybody has just watched while he likes this footstool to come. absolutely genius i was laughing so much during that scene i was
3: crying with laughter but he's the reason ned stark dies Whichever is good yeah forget. Yeah, he's about to be pardoned, and then Joffrey's like, Actually, lol, no, I'm just going to kill your dad now. Exactly. So
4: Cersei can't control him as well, which is what she wanted. Brilliantly acted
2: as well. Oh, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Exactly. Uh, Jack Gleason, he said yeah. he wasn't going to do another role after this. I mean, I don't think he needs to. <laughs> <laughs> like, <Traumatisement laughs> that is the pinnacle role for him. Because everyone's
3: going to see Joffrey, no matter who he's playing. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, to compare him to tom um, yeah,
2: <laughs> was yeah. Like the biggest yeah. wet Pathetic. blanket and yeah. sit on the throne. Yeah, yeah. It just just beautifully played, and I was genuinely gutted when he died. That for me, that was a hard moment to watch.
3: The purple wedding. Was yeah, yeah. I
2: did because I didn't see it coming, and for me, that was like a, a real kind of disappointment because like I'd lost my favorite character from the show, so I didn't know. Who I was going to like after that. I like really struggled to catch one Obviously, Ramsay came along as kind of like a replacement Joffrey, but for me, he was never... Yeah. He was cruel, but he, was, he wasn't cleverly cool, like, uh, cruel like Joffrey. And he wasn't noxious like
1: a, a brat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: a little child. I,
3: mean, I suppose the thing with Joffrey was he had the Lannister side to him, which is where Ramsay Bolton was just... I'm just going to be cruel because I can, not because... Of any actual purpose behind it, whereas the whole purpose of Joffrey's cruelty for the entire thing was to show he was king and he was he had absolute power and he could get away with whatever he wanted to, and it was to show his mother that like he, he had no control over him and his uncle and his grandfather. It's kind of like, no, I am king. I will do what I want.
2: I, f- I feel like I feel like if I was kicking around in those times, I would definitely be Joffrey. <laughs> like, I would have no remorse That's being horrible nice, to no. people. No. I would be ruthless. Yes.
3: All right. Parish. <laughs> I was gonna go with um, the other Mormont that we all seem to. Have oh well. Leanna. <laughs> Not Leanna.
4: Oh the old um I can't jo- remember his
3: name. moment. Yes. The 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 one who was basically John Snow's surrogate dad. Yeah. Yeah. I think he taught him more than Ned Stark did in the half a season <laughs> that he was kicking around than ever previously pre learned and it was kind of that was the, that was the building of Jon Snow's character towards being Lord Commander and it was kind of Hard choices aren't the nicest of choices but if you make the right ones people will support you and people will follow you through and that was, that was great. I liked Amor Targaryen was the, a- the other one, the old dude. Oh, I hated Aemon. Maester Aemon, I liked yeah. Maester Aemon. Yeah. I thought him and Sam worked very well as a kind of like teaching Sam but my actual favourite character is Tyrion Yeah. mainly because of Peter Dinklage not because of yeah. Tyrion in the book's is a great character as well but i think peter dinklage deserves every single enemy going for his portrayal yeah and he's been up there with the best of them and the thing with Tyrion's character all the way through is just because the dwarf doesn't mean that he he stops or he tries he he always overcomes his shortcomings to not make a pun out of it (laughs) but uh, he always overcomes his differences to make and he's always there he has been Hand of the King for what five people at this point <laughs> by the end of the se- season and it's kind of like he's trusted he's knowledgeable he has some of the best dialogue up until about season four season five out the entire season yeah. seasons and he's willing to throw down as well yeah, yeah. So has okay. always been my favourite character I think mm-hmm. you, you can't not like Tyrion yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is quite surprising because none of us has said a single Stark Yeah, the entire lot, considering they're the central family of the entire series. No, I
2: like Sansa. The Starks
4: are just straightforward, though, aren't they? There's there's not a huge amount of complexity to...
2: uh... Well, okay, before we go into moments, what about worst characters? And we'll do worst moments as well. Oh, worst
4: characters.
3: Um, Sam, you start us off. Um,
1: I'll go with the obvious one, just because... Haven't had much time to think about it and say Ollie.
4: <laughs> no yeah. one likes Ollie. Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, yeah, he just whiny I, I mean, I get <laughs> why. But He is the scrappy-doo of that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, he completely, He completely fails to take any of the lessons from John that John took from Jail Mormont. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, can't see the bigger picture at all and yeah, it just looks really kind of snotty and
3: obnoxious <laughs> even when he's dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Laura, are you going to go for hot pie or snow? Yes.
4: <laughs> oh, Jim, who I, was it Master Pie Cell? Little Tommy Squeaker. Yeah, <laughs> one of the oh, best. that was one of the best
2: moments <laughs> of the whole series, he that, was that just little
4: was Tommy so Squeaker. Gross. I'm going get sex with a prostitute, so I thought, like, I don't want to see this old man's body. What well, um, well, when you oh, still look at the sunshine, you can see Yeah. Oh <laughs> god, he's that just grim, horrible person.
2: What about what about Mary Trant? Oh, I don't know.
4: I don't mind Mary Trant so much. Fair play to so him. Did what you had to do. <laughs> anybody,
2: anybody who's been on Thronecast. <laughs> yeah. Guy. <laughs> oh, this is, this is this is a tough one to be fair because there's a lot of crap characters in the show. Um, oh, the sun
4: snakes, actually, what a waste of time. They yeah, yeah oh, they were god. pretty annoying.
2: Um... Shall I? I'm just going to pluck someone out because there's a lot of people I don't like. I hate like a lot of the 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 council in the you know with Pysel and Coid. But yeah. I hate those characters. Um, I hate the people at the war, you know, that angry Captain Man. He was he was quite annoying. But I'm going to go with Igrap. She was really irritating. She, I get her role in the show, but she was, yeah, she was very irritating. Like the reason that she, the only reason she's any good is because she was a way for Torment to come into the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) otherwise, she was genuinely a bit rubbish. And I didn't care that she died. She really annoyed me. I couldn't stand any scenes with her and John. I just got so bored with her as a concept. And I kind of just, I was quite happy when she died, like. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Jon Snow either. Like when no, the the no. big the big finale of Jon Snow, like is he dead? Is he not? I, I I just didn't care. if They killed him off at that point. To be honest, I could live. I could live without him. To be honest with you, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have ruined the show for me. Right.
3: Right. My runner-up is Caitlyn Stark, who is pretty oh, much yes. the worst mother ever for <laughs> anybody to take advice from. It's like, how can I get my children stabbed this week? <laughs> But my actual absolute worst, and mention them, is the Sun Sisters. That entire plot line was awful. Awful, awful, awful. But I think the acting made it ten times worse. It, it felt like this is amateur dramatics class that have been let into the game as well. Sucker Moth or a whip?
4: <laughs> yeah. I so I tell the jokes or Coco. <laughs> I've, I've
3: seen a couple of them in other things and they've been perfectly good. <laughs> it, it just felt yeah. like the way they've been told to act them is like you are the three most rubbish assassins in the world. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, we did forget Loras as well. Oh God,
4: slow <laughs> like loris! Yeah, he turns fast
3: Loris, not he? <laughs> slow loris. That's what he should have been called. <laughs> I mean, Renly at least had some good points about it. I like Renly. Uh, it was kind of yeah. Stannis is another one for good character as well. Yeah, Stannis yeah is great. great. I see,
2: because I would disagree. Kind of didn't do anything. Didn't, Stannis the Manus <laughs> didn't do a
1: lot.
4: I like
1: Stannis. He's a true heir in the way. Yes. In, in, yeah. In the one very specific
3: way. He's yeah. definitely the true heir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think what? you'll find Aegon Targaryen is the true, <laughs> true heir. No, if, if, you, if you go to like proper, you know, yeah. how do you inherit the throne? It'd be Stannis. Yeah.
4: yeah.
2: Right, we'll do worst moments and not save the best moments till last. So Some worst moment. Um, worst moment. <laughs> I think me and you are going to say the same thing, I reckon.
3: Does it involve a ginger singer? because that's my worst moment. Oh, God. Ed, Ed, oh, God. Ed Sheeran's oh, God. Blaine, yeah. terrible cameo. Yeah. What was the point of that? And it felt so obvious. It, yeah. It was, yeah,
1: it completely took you out of it.
3: Yeah, it was just kind of like, I was expecting to whip a guitar out and start singing one of his terrible singles straight there. <laughs> I, I did I like mean, the, when uh, Sigar Ross cameoed <laughs> in the show, that actually really worked quite well because they were troubadours at the verbal wedding. And even yeah. Coldplay at the Red yeah. Wedding. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I, I did like the callback to him in season eight, though, with uh, the prostitutes mm. talking about um, oh, oh that, one of them's going to die. That what the redhead? Yeah, the, um, yeah, I heard he's like he was in, caught in the fire. He lost all his, uh, lost his <laughs> eyelids or something like that. His face is burned right <laughs> off. Like, Thank God. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I thought that was quite nicely done. That's my worst uh, moment, anyway. Yeah, I think that's definitely up there. Um, the Uh, Do you want some more time, Sam? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Laura, (laughs)
3: what's your worst moment? Skip, go on.
4: I know what you're... I won't nick your ass. I I just think the Brienne and Jamie thing was mine. (laughs) It still sticks with me. It's yeah. like knowing someone who's been, like, friends for years and they're having sex. It's like, ugh. But like, even, like, Daenerys and John, I'm like, okay, they're related very closely. Aren't you? That's love? fine. Even Cersei and Jamie, they're brother and sister, they're twins, so you're saying, that's fine. So but you're saying but <laughs>
3: incestuous sex is better than, it, like, your bloodshed yes, relationship.
4: a 100%. Like, okay. It was very, very
3: weird. Oh, <sighs> uh, no. I can imagine it was very British sex, like that family guy <laughs> sketch. Is it? Is yeah, it? like, is oh, it, it
2: going <laughs> I um I hate you for mentioning this person, Rob, because I think the worst moment is egg, egg, egg. Oh God, when that whole bastard was dying, it's just like just kill him, just goddamn kill him, just hit him so hard and stick a knife in his belly because if I have to hear him say Egg one more time I'm going to stab a knife through my TV that was genuinely the worst moment they put out in that series what were they thinking character I don't really give a damn about in the first place crying for a brother called Egg Go away! I just honestly, everything about that scene was just appalling. Wasn't that an
4: ending to an episode as well? I don't even like, remember. I just don't Do you know what like,
2: it was like? It was like, to me, it was like a crap version of like in Magnolia when Jason Robots dies. It's like Tom Cruise is watching his last breath, but it was, it was like a weird like. Egg, egg, egg. Like, I just like are too long and not needed. God, Sam. I. <laughs> Is I just really because
3: everything is good? It's <laughs> <That's laughs> um, I,
1: I don't think I'm going to come up with anything better than the Ed Sheeran bit. I think that's, that definitely was
3: the most jarring point yeah. in the whole thing for me. I for think me. even the Lovejoy scenes were better than that.
4: Oh God, your Lovejoy what? cropped up, didn't it? <laughs> Quite
3: for an episode. episode, yeah.
4: Forgot about that.
3: I'm building a church. <laughs> 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 that was just okay. to show
4: us where the Hound had got to, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we don't need you. Bye. Love joy, oh cross we've got you on it.
2: Uh, alright, best moment then, let's wrap this section up with the best moment.
3: For me it's hard home with John fighting the White Walker. You, and we finally s- it because that was mine. And we finally see <laughs> Valerian Steel actually works and it's kind of like mm, the Woo! Yeah. <laughs> going down here. That was mine bit. And the second bit was again hard home when the Night King rises up all the dead mm, yeah. and he's on the boat and it's pretty much you feel his inevitabilities coming there. I always, I always yeah. look at
2: that scene of like he's like, "Come on then, you're hard enough. Come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, bring it a on." New, new
1: challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I, I agree, hard home. But I'm just to say something different. I'm going to say the um, attack on the uh, wagon train with Drogon.
3: Oh, when um, Bron managed just to save James <laughs> from a bit of dragon well, flame by yeah, yeah, but, pushing him to the side gently. Not so much that bit <laughs> necessarily,
1: but the the kind of the build-up to it, when oh, yeah. um, when uh, well, first of all, when you first sort of hear the Dothraki off in the distance, and then you see Drogon flying mm-hmm. over the hill, yeah, um, is just amazingly well done. And then throughout that whole battle, there are people you care about on both sides, and yeah. they all nearly die at some one point or another, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's proper Game of Thrones because there's not. A good side and a bad side. It's, yes, it's just war. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you you feel elated and horrified at the same time at what's happening. And um, yes, yeah, sort of contrasted with uh, Daenerys in the last couple of episodes where you don't feel much sympathy for her at all. Yeah, whereas um, when she's
3: going to that one, you're like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so yeah, I'll go with that one.
3: Laura?
4: I've got two. Number one is when we found out Podrick had a big don. Fair, <laughs> fair play to the lad. It's just like it's a minor character and he keeps popping up again. He's amazing in bed. You he keep does keep popping play up, play
2: kind of <laughs> 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 It's like Sam's not the Podrick of this show, isn't it? Exactly.
4: Um, number two, I think, was Hodor. Because I think that was... So, like oh, Hold the door, that was yeah. so clever. Oh. You can tell that um, George R R Martin, that's probably how obviously how he intends it to be... Um, but just how heart wrenching that was, and how clever it was as well. And I think that's why it was so disappointing that, like in the later series, that Bran stops walking and stops going back yeah. in time because that was so clever, um, and because you become so connected to Hodor and Bran as well. It was really, really good.
3: It's such a terrible scene as well when Hodor's yeah. left doing his job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of it's just heartbreaking that moment. Yeah. And that yeah, that really, really stays
1: with you afterwards as yeah. well. I yeah, just felt down after that for ages. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um again it's another it's another one of a hard home for me cuz like you said earlier it's one of the best episodes of TV ever. Yeah. I think for me it's it's about more about the the creative decisions made with that. Hmm. So the whole battle battle's fantastic, but I think it was the the initial kind of like they were kicking around the wall for a while doing stuff. And behind the wall, and then it's just you hear that kind of like almost like clock ticking, yeah. which then starts becoming part of the music, and then you realise something really bad's happening. It's just that that kind of really horrible sound that like, like yeah. a real deafening clock, which is like ticking down to some ultimate destruction happening, and then you start seeing these people hitting this wooden well, they're wall. They're still and, in the
3: tent at this point, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I don't know oh, what's going horrible, on there, so. But it,
2: it's, it's 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 probably in like three minutes on screen. And, so, and then it all starts kicking off properly, yeah. but it's just that three minutes of like build up and tension of like this is happening and you it's happening your heart, really quickly, yeah. like and you you're just really trying to comprehend what's going on as well. That that was, I think, one of the, the best things they did in the show. Is just that, that tension. So for me, that was. Because yeah. I didn't know what was happening. I hadn't read the book, so I didn't yeah. know this was actually going to be a wide Walk full-on white walk attack. We hadn't even hinted at it before that, yeah. and seen little things of what they can do, but this was the first time we really saw the extent of what this is. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was just a fantastic moment.
1: I agree about the build-up, especially because um, uh, some of the Wildling characters in there that you literally only meet that episode, but end up genuinely caring about and um, so the- yeah and they don't fast <laughs> either but <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what the episode did say so well like the, the female worldling chiefs in,
3: yeah. in particular um, you had empathy and it pretty yeah. much got destroyed really yeah. anyway the only minor moment was again back to your episode with garden with Elena Tyrell yeah, yeah. with her Tell her it was me Love because that. it was kind the of me memes that like came out of that. last <laughs> bit of vitriol and basically, although I've lost the game, I've still won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, what that
4: about was... um, oysters, clams, and cockles? Ah! <laughs> oysters, clams, and cockles.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment.
3: That great. Yeah, I mean, there has been such amazing moments all the way through. So that's the main series covered off now. um we've got a few prequels and sequels coming I actually
2: think we spent more time talking (laughs) about the series than they spent on the series
3: (laughs) yeah and there's a few more books to come as well I mean the one the one thing about the prequel they've announced is the first one's going to be 5,000 years of the past Mm -hmm. circled around Bran the Builder who's the guy who creates Winterfell and The Wall so I think it's pretty much going to be the only person they've carried over is the Night King from what I've heard yeah I think so and the Children of the Forest Uh, oh yeah Which again, in the original series, a couple of episodes, yeah. never spoken then, of again. Yeah, twice. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, no. I'm not sure where, what I feel about prequels because I feel, and I said, I I'm said, just
3: hoping they get a different Bran in first. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that would be a plot twist, wouldn't it?
3: <laughs> so I said I was I'm going, going to... to go now and build the <laughs> wall and Winterfell. Maybe that's very weird. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I did say so I was going to talk about the quality of the show and my reasons why I think HBO are slightly to blame. Yeah. I pinned it all on George R. M. M., but I do actually feel HBO have caused a slight problem because they, Game of Thrones is a money-making machine. It's huge. It's sold all around, all around the world. There's huge merchandising from this. So they know that the fact they announced it was coming to an end, there was a panic. So they, that's I feel that the delay... Obviously, again, time to make the final series, but also the, the, the delay, and us probably been spelled by the final series, has got blamed with HBO for delaying the series. Because the, the reason it's been delayed is so HBO have got time now to find scripts, ready actors, get things in place for a prequel series to launch in the next year or a couple of years. You know, they didn't want it to leave it too long and let the fire burn out on the show. It's a, it, this is the business side of. Game of Thrones, which is kinda of sports season eight as well, I think. Whereas it, it is partly HBO's fault because they they they've got a good thing, they don't want to let it die, but they maybe as a result let the quality drop to get something else in place ready. And I think that they, they need to take some more kind of responsibility, hop their hands and say, Look guys, yeah, we well, delayed everything because we wanted something in place, because we need ratings, we need we need a big we need a big show, and we can't guarantee West is gonna be that big show, we can't guarantee it's gonna be Watchmen, so we need Game of Thrones
3: type show that's going to be a. Is this going to be The Hobbit to Game of Thrones, <laughs> Lord of the Rings? Or?
2: It's a funny ride because The Hobbit's just come on TV. Did that, <laughs> did that prompt your.
3: That, um... that prompted my. Uh, is, is a prequel that is released after a main show is finished and has no real relation to any of the characters except a fair few. Carry on and be as good? I think actually I quite like that it's set 5,000
1: yeah. years in the past because. Yeah. The problem with a lot of prequels and um, Star Wars and The Hobbit both had this is, yeah. you know where everyone's going to be by the end of it,
3: um, in order to go into the main series. Yeah. Whereas, well, these are, this is going to be about the establishing of House Stark and House Lannister and the rivalry. Yeah. Then, isn't it? So. Yeah, but then all all you
1: know by the end of it is there will be a Stark and a Lannister and so on and around to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you don't know what the plot's going to be or yeah. anything. It's all going to be yeah. a surprise.
2: So yeah. I think I think this is it's, it's dangerous. It's not. I'm not. I'm not that looking forward to this because I mean, let's face it. Better call Saul. We'll try not to give so many the Bad spoilers again here. But Better Call Saul. I, one, once accused, by the way, for not being smart enough to understand Better Call Saul because I <laughs> yeah, didn't. I didn't sad. like it. <laughs> Um Better Call Saul is is not to me not a good show and I it really is it I feel it's for people who just they they really loved Breaking Bad that much that they just needed yeah, but that's they st- a sequel but even so it's I feel like this is the same thing it's for people who really loved it that much who got to hold on to it somehow and need to have it and will be the people who truly like this whereas I think people like Better Call Saul like myself watched it for a bit lost interest in it because it was never than what the main show was and i feel this is going to be the same it's going to be, I'll watch it for a while but then if i drop off it it's going to be because it's ne- never going to be the show game of thrones was yeah but it's not
4: it's not going to be the same thing and there's a lot of stuff in the books about kind of the long night and what happened and brand the builder i think there's enough stuff there to make it different to game of thrones and it's not connected at all it could be completely the world could look completely different And all the characters could look completely different, but But obviously it's still connected in some way.
3: I think it's going to depend on, A, the showrunners, who they're going to pick, because it's not going to be the two showrunners from Game of Thrones. And B, it's going to be how much money HBO are going to throw at this. So are the two issues going to be, with HBO, that they're going to throw quite a lot of money for the first series, but if it doesn't pick up the ratings, they'll try and kill it off? pretty quickly, which is what they have done with shows in the past, who have not hit critical acclaim pretty straight off the bat, or is it going to be they're throwing everything at it money-wise, and it is going to match Game of Thrones.
2: But let's look at the history of a spin-off here. When, when Really, how often does a spin-off really... Uh, we're going to say the obvious one, Frasier Yeah, is probably the it's only... coming back but, as well. Yeah, Frasier <laughs> is one of Try. the only times when a spin-off has probably been, been is as successful or maybe more successful than the main show, that is one of the ones that I can think of. There's
3: probably others, frame Simpsons spin off the Tracy Ullman show, yeah, but that doesn't
2: really count though. <laughs> but like, but like, like, like look, at, look at Joey, yeah. look at the <laughs> mess that was Joey. So you came off the back of Friends, which was like the, the biggest show on TV for 10 years, and then Joey came out. And in every way, Joey, Joey should have worked, but it think,
3: didn't. Yeah, you
4: but know, it's the same picked- character, though, isn't it?
3: I think they picked the worst character out of the... uh, Worst character out of the lot for the Friends. But this
2: is the point, is this... Does a spin-off... Does spin-offs ever really work? Are spin-offs ever really successful? Or are they genuinely... Are Uh, they there for the the niche people who want to keep on
3: watching? I think, to pick up on Laura's point, there's enough space between this show and the original Game of Thrones that there's going to be enough difference of it. For it to stand alone, yet still having some familiarity yeah. with the whole of Westeros. And
1: even if it's not as good as Game of Thrones, it still has the potential to be very
3: yeah. good. It's a very high bar. Yeah, as long as it's not average Season 8 ratings and they keep with the quality from the first few seasons, I think we should be on for a winner here. Yeah. I mean, but we've we've spoken about this on
2: previous shows, that we're kind of... Now on Golden Age, uh, Golden Age of TV, is, is, is dying a bit. So, yeah, you know... I don't think this is going to be an essential show. I feel, it's, I, feel it could be, I feel like it could be successful for HBO. I feel people will watch I it, think but I don't f- think it's going to be the same. as what. Go, it's not going to be the game-changing show game. For I us think, think it's do. going to
3: be Fear the Walking Dead, where it will run on well. I don't think, as I said, it will ever hit the heights of Game of Thrones when it's at its highest to popularity. But the world has changed since Game of Thrones first came out. Mm-hmm. In 2011, Netflix was around but we didn't have the streaming services we've got amazon prime wasn't around it wasn't it wasn't the level of quality tv that we have now we haven't got you know, there was no cbs all access we've got disney plus come in there's there's always a fight at the moment for content for people eyes mm-hmm. and i don't think it's going to have as much of an impact as you said game of thrones did because game of thrones pretty much was at the perfect time it started it, it moved over from that streaming time Plus, and it was one of those shows where you could watch it regularly but you had a chance to catch up now with box sets and streaming services
2: this is like, it's, it's, it's just another fantasy show off another fantasy back of another fantasy show and it's kind of like the reason Game of Thrones worked so well is because there wasn't a show like this on television and you know <sighs> I don't think, it's it's not going to be something new and different like Game of Thrones, it's not going to be like new and different like Westworld was when it has come out, even though Westworld's not making the same kind of impact, it's still new and it, it's still got a new and a different idea, it's not, it's not, it's it's familiar territory and that's what I worry about it is, that people are going to be like, yeah I've seen this kind of happen and it's just, it just, it is what it is.
3: Oh well, let's turn our point, because this isn't going to be the only Game of Thrones related show either. There's also a couple of rumored sequels in the works. I mean, oh, this I'm is,
2: this is too, It's just yeah. too much. I don't want to. Oh, say and they've already denied
3: all. the Aria sequel's going to happen, but they left that pretty open for something to happen. Yeah,
1: I, th- yeah,
3: I think they've sort of said that it's not going to follow any of the
1: main characters from the main series. Yeah, um, but I won't be surprised if they pop up in Count Yeah, maybe.
2: I mean, like, look, 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 they need to take a page out of Marvel's book here. And Marvel had started doing marvel t v but yeah. i I watch the films I don't watch any of the series you know, there's there's just too much of it and it's like it's overkill with the series. Like whilst like Keith's probably listening to us go, But Runaways is good and Cloak and Dagger is good. It's who's interested in that really <laughs> unless you are a purist. So are you really gonna be watching every Game of Thrones spin-off that comes up unless you're so obsessed with it that you've got to watch it? And I don't think people will. I think I'll
3: give it a try for a couple of episodes. Yeah, I think
1: the difference with Marvel though is um, the mainstream is the films and the films are still going. Um, it's yes, the TV programs are for the people who are the films aren't enough, but with Game of Thrones, there won't still be the main Game of Thrones anymore once the sequels have started. There's not going to be anything else for, for the more sort of casual viewer to watch. Yeah.
2: Personally, mm. yeah. uh, for me, I, I get why they're making it, but I would rather HBO have to save that big budget and find the next big, new, exciting drama. You know, they've got Watchmen coming out, that could be a huge success for them. But I feel like HBO HBO's always putting in a you new know, innovative TV out, they're clever, clever stuff. They're putting out they put out some of the best T V in the world, you know. They they could put that money into somebody new with a new idea that could captivate us all. Yeah, but I
4: don't feel like they've got a shortage of money, guy. I feel like they're yeah. fine. But it's
2: it's not that though. It's just well, it feels apparently like
3: they've dropped thirty percent of their subscribers after the last Game of Thrones show aired. Wow. So people were just buying it because it was a catch. Wow, thirty percent.
4: My
2: God. I mean, there's there's people they could be working with to create you know top quality content, and I don't know. I, I don't think has HBO ever really done spin-offs and sequels to shows. I don't Not think really. they, they know they're doing the prequel movie to the Sopranos. But yeah. at the same time like I'd argue that that's kind of a right time to do it. The Sopranos finished like over like 10 to 15 years ago now. Yeah. I feel like something like that for the fans is nice and it's a film, but I think like they they, they I've never seen them really attempt sort of prequels and sequels before. They've never been a station to me that I feel like I've had to rely on that as a thing. They've mm-hmm. always had content, so I don't know whether this is going to work for them.
3: I'd, I'd prefer a new fantasy series, but not Game of Thrones. I'd like yeah, to see the, something else. Done. Like his like, art materials. His yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean something like um, The Dress the Legend, David Jowell books. They would oh, be perfect I used to love those. But yeah. they would be perfect for a HBO star fantasy show. And yeah. I think it's, Game of Thrones isn't the start and end of fantasy? No.
2: no. I mean, like as well, there's imitators now, because you're going to have The Witcher on Netflix, which is going to come out, and they're going to probably pump a big budget into and That's going to be very Game of Thrones-like as well. So, you know, there are a lot of clones of stuff. There's the Lord of the Rings TV series coming out for Amazon, which, you know, they're making (laughs) a Lord of the Rings TV series. Oh, my god! Yeah,
3: but I think it's going to be similar based. I think it's more episodic um, and different stuff. I don't know. Much about it to yeah. I, don't, I think there's an issue with the Lord of the Rings rights where the, the films are completely separate to the TV rights. So. Yeah, the rings yeah. Of that rings So basically, you can't carry any of the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings characters into the Lord of the Rings. Device. Right, so what's the, right. point? So <laughs> what's the plot going to be? I think it's going to be based again around the Similarion, which is a lot of the history and lore. So it's going to be similar to Game of Thrones. Right. I think it's going to be like the first when the rings are forged and that kind of period of time.
2: That makes sense. So, in terms of the prequels, for me, I, for me, I see, I see it as a bit of a moneymaker. Yeah. Uh, I see HBO; they've got so HBO needs a hit, and for them, it, it's it's a safe it's a safe bet. Um, but for me, it's I watch it, but I'm not excited for it.
3: I don't think they're going to struggle. I think the TV landscape is very different now to when Game of Thrones first came on. Came on. So I think their audience share is probably going to shrink, but I don't think it's going to be. A massive
4: flop, either. No, I'm happy to watch it. I don't. I mean, it's just like something there to watch. I'm not going to say it's going to be amazing, but I'll always be interested to watch something about that kind of universe.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be watching it, and I'll obviously reserve judgment until I see it. Yeah.
2: I, th- I think I think that, of course, all really jaded me because it was such a disappointment. Hmm. It was it was a lo- it was a loose idea, which so somehow they stretch out. Same as Fear the Walking Dead. It's just it's loose. and I'm just worried I'm worried that this is a loose idea
3: that
4: it's not though I don't think this prequel
3: is a loose idea I think it is it's been well thought out of where to place it I think the sequels is going to be where I'm worried
4: yeah
2: casting though in this so far there's been a few names and Naomi Watts apparently is the lead character in this and uh, John Sim has also been attached so it, it could attract sure a good... he's going to be a Lannister. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this could attract a good cast. And if the casting is good... Yeah. Then... But the problem with the Game of Thrones, obviously, was that you they cast high-profile actors in the first series. So, like, Mark Addy, Sean Bean, well-known British actors. He's in the full-month team, not he? <laughs> but, like, they were the known actors in that yeah. series when it first got announced. And then they were both bumped off by the end of series one. And then you had to start relying on, like... Your Lena Headey. Open
3: and, field. <laughs>
2: you know, you Kit Harringtons and your media yeah. So newer, newer people So They could cast a whole new generation of stars again here yeah. but I do feel that to make it a bit of a big success if they do, they've got to have some big names attached from day one to hit the ground running. What about the books then?
4: No. But didn't he say, he said um, in an article I read the other day that um, he set a deadline for himself He's yeah. been it's been like, oh, I've heard that <laughs>
3: yeah. one before. Uh, didn't he finish the book in about 2017? He said, and he basically wasn't happy with No, that's Barrison <laughs> Salby Salmi making it wise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: know why he's complaining. He's on Derry Girls. That's a good show to be on. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I
3: heard he probably written the book and was like, nah, it's not good enough and started again. I,
4: I, I, oh, I don't
3: know. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I know he
1: did have a deadline a while, okay. Yeah. yeah um, but he was he, adamant he Meat and didn't. He's
3: doing a Scrooge McDuck. He's got a swimming pool full of money. <laughs> and he just dives in every morning. Has a paddle around. Has a chill. Plays with his dogs. Probably called Drogon. <laughs> <laughs> and I do
4: I think he's just got right. It's black, hasn't he? He doesn't know where it's all going to work. Well, he's, he's got a brief idea of the end game, but... He doesn't know how to tie everything together. He's created such a big world. It's like, yeah. what's going to happen?
3: Maybe he was waiting for the TV series <laughs> to
4: finish so he yeah. knew what, what was yeah. going to happen. Well, I think
3: that could uh, also be an announcement. He's waiting for the TV series to finish yeah. to basically beta test his book for the next audience. It's yeah, basically yeah. like, I'll see how it works this way and if it doesn't work, then I won't do that. I shall rewrite it. I,
2: yeah. I feel for me, I've never read the books, but... If I was a fan, I'd be really disappointed I hadn't finished the rest of them by now. Yeah, it's a uh, a shame. Yeah,
1: a shame. I would have liked to finish the books before the TV show.
2: And I also feel that, like, I don't think... I feel that people say saying, oh, well, the, you know, we've got the books ending to come and the books are going to be better than the ending for the series. I think you, it's going to be the same situation. Like Laura said, he's got block, obviously. He's not going to be able to finish this wow. Well. I think it's going to be... I think it's, it's, it's not going to be... Ru- the books aren't going to be rushed. They're going to be long, sprawling... Over the top and just just me- I reckon they'll be messy. I don't don't long spoiling and over the
1: top is how we like
2: them. Mm. <laughs> I
3: don't think he expects the amount of fame and he expects the amount of success off this TV series. No, and I think that's what's probably caused the block. Is yeah. the uh, he's gone? Of it? He's gone from a few hardcore fans who have really enjoyed the books to now having half the world watching him all the time, waiting for the next book to come out. Because I think there's a lot of people who have watched the TV series, and then gone back to read the novels, and they're all now novel fans who were zero interest prior to this. Do
2: you not feel he has a weight of responsibility to get those books out? Well, you know, it, is it
3: the weight of responsibility? Is it the weight that round his heart that's going to kill him at <laughs> first? <step of> <laughs> I feel i feel,
4: Let's all pay for his health insurance. I feel
2: <laughs> that like, but like he's wasted time writing books about egg. And stuff yeah. like that. It's like he's wasting a lot he's, he's wasting a lot of sci-fi. time.
3: He's done a lot of other spin-off stuff.
2: He appeared in Bloody Sharknado. You yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like pull your finger out. But like I said earlier, I blame him for the failure of the series because he didn't didn't finish his work. Yeah. And it, okay, maybe he shouldn't maybe he, he shouldn't have that pressure to finish his work. But he should have. Knowing knowing what was being made and knowing he was getting a lot of money for this product and we'll still to this day and carry on he'll still get a lot of money for this product he really for his fans should have put the work out before it finished because i feel i feel like he's betrayed people who've read the books
3: am i surprised he's not finished the books no Mm. am i disappointed (laughs) not really because that's what (laughs) i kind of expected. i've just kind of given up now i don't feel like i'll
4: ever release them and if before I read the new book, I'm gonna to have to go back and read all the other previous books because I read them like four years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking
1: forward to doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I who, yeah. To do yeah. That. And like I would rather
3: he takes his time and does it properly maybe. than rushes yeah. it because that's exactly what they did. Maybe he's, do he's for really it. struggling with the last Hodor chapter. Maybe that's what it is.
2: <laughs> I'll. Um... <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 he can't quite bring himself to write it. <laughs> I suppose I'll give you like a wise a bit of warning here: is everybody waited years for? Uh, Chinese democracy to come out and it was trash.
3: So just, well, you also uh, had like Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series. where yeah. wrote like fourteen out of the twenty novels, and then he passed away. Off oh, no. to kill a Mockingbird sequel.
4: <laughs> yeah, but that that was well, unfinished. Yes, and I think and she didn't want it released.
3: I think people baying for it to come out isn't going to help the situation. So I think it's just leaving to it.
4: Yeah.
2: But, Okay, so to wrap up everything here, then before, Sam's got a little quiz for us, but it's uh, legacy of the show and the um, what it will do to television going forward and what has it done for television.
3: For me, it's proved that cinema and um, that TV can be as powerful as cinema if done well and if there's enough budget thrown at it. I think it's it's it created the big budget TV series. Without this, we wouldn't have had stuff like the Expanse. We wouldn't have had Westworld. We wouldn't have any pretty much any of the Amazon Prime or Netflix original series. We wouldn't have had Stranger Things. It's kind of this is showing that investment in TV and investment in a great story can work wonders if it's done right.
2: Yeah, I think for me, I mean, in terms of like what it, what it, what it is, it's not, it's not new. You know, the the long form. The soap opera element of a TV show has always been in place. You know, Twin Peaks did it, um, Lost did it, you know, th- that's been in place Just and on that's, on that's been perfected. Bird, yeah. You know, that's been perfected well and been done in the past. So it's in terms of its style, it's not new, but like you said, in terms of the the scale of what television can be and if money, more money was invested in television, I guess... You can have these big big things that unless this like seventy three hour f- long film that you can watch, you know, it's it's done a lot for what people, are prepared, what people are prepared to put out on screen now. And like the, the You can give a story
3: a chance to breathe rather than having to rush her in 90 minutes or even three hours tops. But I do feel it's been dangerous
2: for TV because now there is expectation that every new show has got to be the next Walking Dead, the next Breaking Bad, the next Game of Thrones. There's expectation of like...
4: But hasn't that always been the case when something amazing has come out?
2: Yeah, and we've said this before. Like, there's a golden age of television where you have these big shows and then... Those shows, ex- the next bunch of shows expected to be as good as those. Like Prison Break and Heroes were meant to be the next Lost and they were successful. They were never to the same quality of that show, you know. So you're always going to get your imitators until the next huge thing yeah. comes along. But I feel like I feel <laughs> like it's dangerous that it's set this such high precedent for television that people are going to try that, spend a lot of money and fail, and maybe we'll get invested in these high budget shows, which may never end up going anywhere. But like I- Watchmen, for example, that's dangerous. It's it's a literary you know, it's a literary a- adaptation again, and it, HBO are obviously going to pump a lot of money into this. Could be really good, but it could flop on their face. And the money spent on a show like that could uh, be dangerous
3: for them. I think the problem with a show like The Watchmen is where can you go after you've done the main plot of the comic book because it's just there's about one to two seasons max worth of plot in there. Yeah, uh,
2: but that's the point. Is that obviously, the next the, the bigger thing, the next bigger thing has got to be bigger and better and obviously HB are going to like, do a skew on superhero but it's 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 too, maybe Game of Thrones set TV to be too big and when we see things now which are more simplistic and down to earth you know or not as epic as Game of Thrones we're not going to take them and like certain shows might not be able to fall with that kind of budget yet the, the storytelling might be there but the, the
3: spectacle well, will not be I, I mean know I said Hard Home might highlight moment but there's been some great episodes where not much happens in Game Mm. of Thrones there's been some of the intrigue episodes with Lord Baelish were amazing in the first couple of seasons and it didn't need a big bombastic battle at the same time I think it's the balance of doing this I think you can have the giant massive battle scene episode but it's got to be underpinned by a few bits of plot and I think that's why season 8 struggled more than anything else you have two massive set pieces of battle with a couple of episodes either side where they're trying to rush through an entire season's worth of plot. I think people appreciate that as well.
1: I think people recognise
3: that one of the things that Game of
1: Thrones has done really well has been the writing of the characters and the dialogue. and um, and if that's something that's taken forward into new shows and more emphasis is put on that. Yeah, it's the
4: idea that there's not kind of black and white characters either that you know someone isn't always bad someone isn't always good people can change i don't think it's really ever been done before in that way and it makes you th- challenge your own beliefs about a character and things like that it shows how connected you are to the show which is just you know fantastic writing
3: way back in season one we was all waiting for ned to like go against his own beliefs and we was all hoping he would so he'd survive yeah. i mean it's kind of like yeah. that if you can sympathise with a character like Joffrey, you, it's done its job. Well, and yeah. Jamie as well. Jamie definitely, yeah. Getting upset because he went yeah. back to
1: uh, Cersei at the end, but yeah. forgetting or well, yeah. yeah, all the terrible stuff he's before. He pushed a child out of a window in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily a nice person, but which Bran awkwardly him, reminded him of. The <laughs> things yeah. we
3: do for love. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I I think. A good test for the Game of Thrones style will be Disney Plus The Mandalorian, so this is the first Star Wars TV series, and obviously Star Wars has been such a big epic thing itself. It's how big Disney will go with this based on whether they'll use the big Game of Thrones formula or whether they'll pull it back a little bit? Because I think this is going to be a huge budget show, and I think it's going to be equally as impressive as Game of Thrones. Whether that's going to whether the spectacle's not going to be as good as Thrones, it'll take off. That's, I think that's going to be, mean, be the benchmark
3: show here. I have faith in John Favreau. He's done some amazing stuff mm. in the past. I mean, he did the first Iron Man movie, so he was pretty much the birth of the MCU. Yeah. So I think he's done some solid, solid stuff, and I, I'm looking forward to his version of TV. And it's got Oberyn Martell in it, so Sam's very it. Very Sam's yeah, some stuff is in All
2: right, final thought on Game of Thrones. Um... Mm.
3: Awesome. I love it. it's great <laughs> <laughs> while I'm disappointed in the final series and I think a lot of other people are disappointed in it it's given me some fantastic TV to watch over the last 8 years mm. it's been some of the best stuff that I've ever had had chance to watch um, it's made me almost cry at certain points it's made me very happy at it's, it's, it's raised my adrenaline at certain points and I think TV is in a better place for it
2: um, yeah, time will, time will be kind to Game of Thrones. It's not being kind to it now. It's it's getting a rough ride, but time will be kind to it. It's there's never been a TV show like this that's been as big and bold and raunchy and violent. You know, it's 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 got a little bit of everything through it, and people people will still go to it for years to come. It's part of the cultural zeitgeist. You know, people will be pe people are going to refer to it. People are going to call the kids after characters. Isn't it? It's they a, a huge. Sure. It's a huge. You're going to see
3: Game of Thrones cosplay until the end of days. Yeah, yeah.
2: this this is as big as Star Wars and Star Trek, and you know this is one of the biggest things of all time. Now, you know this is it's never going to be forgotten. And whilst I say we may have bad memories of the last few episodes, every show loses its way eventually. But you know, it. You look at the high points from it. You remember the the good stuff. So. Yeah, it's, it's, for me it's just, it is what it is, it's just, it's just going to be with us forever, isn't it? we're never going to forget it.
4: Yeah, same for me, I don't think I've ever felt so invested in a show, when I spent the whole summer googling whether Jon Snow had actually died or not. Could have killed you, um, could have killed you that summer. <laughs> as well as various, very random theories that I thought might happen, spent a long time googling that. And just the amazing strong female characters as well, I think it's got a lot of slack about being sexist, but actually, you know, there's a lot of really strong female characters there, which yeah. I don't think have I mean, been done for, for a long time. Cersei World
3: with an Iron Grip for at yeah, least exactly. three seasons. Yeah. We've got
4: Daenerys Sansa as well, definitely. Arya. Arya, yeah. yeah. Tarly. <laughs> I, I, th- <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
1: I think it's great as well that it's just um, brought fantasy to a wider audience, because yeah. there's people at work who I can talk to about Game of Thrones who have no interest in that sort of thing otherwise people at work um, I
2: don't want to talk to about games
1: <laughs> um, but yeah. it's, it's nice to have a sort of big watercolor type show that is a, a fantasy genre
3: I mean the one thing that I am happy about is if it got a few more people reading a book I'm, yeah. I'm happy about that because yeah. your own imagination is the best place that you can see these characters
2: well book day sponsored by Ryan Parrish <laughs> Sam, you've got a quiz for us, a quick quiz to wrap this this okay. sprawling but not rushed podcast
1: <laughs> off with. Uh, so, as I was saying earlier, um, this was sort of written for people at work who might have had a varying degree of knowledge about Game of Thrones, so um, it sort of starts very easy and works its way up more difficult
2: so if we get if we know the answer do we shout like, like should we shout Dracaris if we know the answer is that what it is Dracaris?
1: Okay. yeah how about a buzzer each maybe then... oh I'm in Dracaris then
4: I'll beat oyster <laughs>
1: clams and
3: cockles uh. <laughs> right. I'll go you know nothing <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay question one what did Jon Snow name his dire wolf Dracarys you know did... <laughs> think that was guy uh,
2: ghost yes
1: yes question two how many children has Catelyn Stark had in total? Drakaris. Four. Wrong. Five. Correct. Um, so, Brown Rickon sounds a. You forgot about Rickon. I remember Rickon? <laughs> yeah, he's exact, and he's got to run his exact.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, question three What is the Dothraki word for queen? You yeah, know, oh, Arkansas. <laughs> 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 that was literally everyone at the same time, but um, go with Ryan. Khaleesi. Correct.
2: Shouldn't have tried such a long buzzer, should oh, you? No, no, I was going
4: to say oysters. <laughs> Can you say clams? <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to
1: Question four What is Littlefinger's real name? Clams! <laughs> <laughs> Laura?
4: Peter Baelish.
1: Correct. Question four. I got my word. <laughs> Who did Robert Baratheon usurp as ruler of You know nothing, Jacarus. The...
3: That was definitely right. Aegon e- Targaryen the Fifth? No, I know it. That's wrong.
4: Aerostar
3: Correct. I oh, no. uh, hope you're all keeping track of
1: scores, by the way. Kids. No. Um, I've got one. <laughs> uh, question six What is the name of the continent where the cities of Marine Bravos, I, mean? I think that was Guy. Bravos? Nope, that's one of the cities on
2: Ah, Oh, I don't no. know.
1: Don't <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, go, go right? man. Ethos. Yes. Yeah. Question seven. What are the words of House Greyjoy?
4: Comes. Um, <laughs> 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 he's, he's dead. Shall never die. You're wrong. No, oh! it's,
1: a, it's a prayer. It's not their house words.
2: Jacaris.
1: Uh, go. On. Don't finger your sister. <laughs> 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 no, they're all for that. <laughs> Brian, what you was have, the question again, sir? Uh, what are the house words of House Greyjoy?
3: Uh, pay the iron price or something like that no what it's is a, it it's we do not sow oh. we do
2: not sow
3: yeah as not
2: sailing
1: i kind of saying oh, I
2: do not
1: know <laughs> <Like> that <they laughs> sow seeds so uh, they, they yeah. get other people to do all the boring fun uh. stuff for them um, question eight which of these characters appears in the books but not the TV show nothing
4: he hasn't said them yet. <laughs> <laughs> be Lady Stoward,
1: not Lady <laughs> uh, Quaife, Belwas, or Maud?
2: Jakaris. Belwas. correct. I guess that. I guess
4: Those that. <laughs> the one that made me laugh the most. <laughs> his,
1: his name in the book is actually Strong Belwas. <laughs> I'm, <sorry. laughs> I'm going to start calling you that. Oh God. Question nine: Who or what was known as the Black Dread?
2: Jacaris. Go. On the old grey joys <laughs> no
4: mm.
3: nothing good. is it the blackfish?
4: nope
3: Jacaris. Meringe Fran nope
4: is that the black dread yeah.
1: yes
4: greyscale you say clams <laughs> oh wait, everyone's had yes. a
2: go <laughs> you say clams Jacaris. greyscale <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> uh, the black dread
3: nothing uh, the Dothraki No.
2: Jakaris. Hot pie. (laughs)
3: No. Nothing. (laughs) Ed (laughs)
1: Sheeran. No, he's the ginger dragon. (laughs) Jakaris. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: No. Uh, The answer is Balerion, Aegon the Conqueror's Dragon. Oh my gosh, these are cards? Isn't he the one who made the throne in the first place? Yes, exactly. Right, right. okay. Um, and then question ten, uh, the last one. In which city is the ancestral home of House Hightower? <laughs> Tower? Palm okay. and gum. <laughs> uh, no. Clams, Highta- um,
3: High um, Garden. Oh, I sorry. Roman no. Police Academy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: nice. I
2: already <literally> you
1: did there.
3: no Nice.
4: What high tower? Yeah. What's the city?
3: Uh, nothing. Oh, what do you call it? Sky. The one that. The one that the Tullys had. No. Well, that's not really an answer, is it? Right. <laughs> that's, that's a description.
1: You're, you're thinking of the eerie. Um, yes, yeah. the eerie. Which is a, a castle rather than a city,
3: and it's not the answer.
2: Taurus model?
3: No. Nothing no. Uh, marine? No.
4: Dawn? <laughs> no. Uh, the reach. Stops not <laughs> you're <laughs> <then>. saying <laughs>
3: Just tell us. Uh,
1: old town. Ah, oh high no. tower yeah. in the middle of it. <sighs> um. Alright, not sure who won that, but. (laughs) It was me, it was definitely me, it It was was definitely me. me. I was was definitely sat
2: on the Iron Throne (laughs) at the end of this podcast, it was me. an Iron Throne that no longer exists. Yeah, I sat on it.
3: Sam, where can we find you online? Um,
1: SD Edwards on Instagram, possibly with an 89 after it, I can't remember. Or 69. (laughs) 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 Are you up to anything soon, please? Uh yes, actually I am. Um so I'm going to be in a variety show in uh, Oh my god, did Pappy. you win Britain's Got Talent? <laughs> no. Um, Are you
3: hand farmer? Uh,
2: yeah. No. Uh so What was it like to meet Stephen Mulhern? <laughs> uh
1: so my friend who normally puts the uh, pantomimes on at the end of each year, um, instead of doing that this year, is doing a variety show in July. Um it's at the Talisman Theatre in Kenilworth and I'm going to be uh, one, one of the acts that is happening is a 15-minute pantomime, and I'm going to be an ugly sister. So oh, if you yeah. would like to see me in drag making a fool of myself, come to the Talisman Tickets. Go to Broad Street every Saturday. <laughs> 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 so there's Talisman Theatre in Kenilworth. What are the dates again? Um, I will check. Uh, it's in July, but I'll check the exact dates.
3: Laura, do you want to tell us about your online presence. Do you, do you reveal
2: your social media much? Are you... I mean, you're it,
4: gonna you'll, have find, you'll find, on um, greedy vegan, Laura, you'll find pictures of vegan food, maybe sly pictures of Guy, um, pictures of my dog, things like that, if you want to have a out more, sounds very appealing, Max or maxi underscore the underscore cockapoo for cute pictures of a black cockapoo with a white beard.
1: Just <laughs> quickly before go goes, uh, the girl goes, <laughs> so the, the show is uh, the 26th and 27th of July. Um, evening performances both days in the metonymy as well on the 27th. Guy,
3: where
2: can we find you online? You can find me at the new <laughs> on Twitter at curiositycrate underscore, Mitzcloud.com slash curiositycrate, uh, Facebook.com slash curiositycrate. You can send me a message to book me as a local West Midlands and Birmingham based DJ and at Guy underscore Halford on Twitter at VinylGuyH on Instagram. Wow, that is the most social media I've ever pushed out there. But you can tell I've rebranded my show.
3: And you can find me. <laughs>
2: oh, I don't know.
3: <sighs> got away with it for a am yeah, Hang on a minute, hang on. There's
2: got to be a Game of Thrones one here. You can find you You can find Guy Halford doing a Tommy Squeaker you can the find, small council. find you choking <laughs> on a cake, being stabbed by Jon Snow, uh, having your face shoved in the Fire uh getting your head smashed in, sleeping sleeping with a relative, <laughs> um robbing sitting on the iron throne getting beheaded going to a wedding, getting stabbed in the belly, um what else happened in that show? Can fighting off some zombies. Of um riding the dragon, Petting stabbing, a, st- stabbing yeah. a white walker, sitting in a wheelchair holding See, a chin. holding the door. Yeah,
3: enough now, thank you. <laughs> you can find me at Ryan Parish on Twitter at for the food stuff. You find us all at Geeky Brummy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at com, and everywhere where there's a geeky and Brummy attached to each other. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>